Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yes, we're going to go! We've got two of the worst left wingers Scotland ever seen. <laughs> what was that about, big man? Oh, left wing, man. Have you recovered? Nah, took a year off my career, man. Absolutely killed me. <laughs> Mate, that was a grave you had on it. I felt for you watching that. It was hard and obviously he was bombing forward constantly and he was just in my ear saying, you're not going to keep up with me. You're not going to keep up with me. I now, love that for him, Rooney. Yeah, yeah. That idea. after was 60 minutes, that? I was like, you're right. Was you seen that deal? Yeah, yeah. He was right, though. To be fair, it was a hard shift, man. But no, we had, we had a good battle. Well, I can't believe us as a centre mid though getting flung out left mid and getting told to run up and down. Especially when your legs are going up. Huh? The last thing you want to be is out oh, there, man. When did he tell you you were going to put it there? The Thursday, I think it was, or the Friday. What did you feel? Just, what's just said? wanted to play the cup final, huh? So just ah, like whatever we could do to kind of win the game. But obviously, it didn't go to plan. Yeah. Oh, you, what is it, mate? You used to play against each other. No, I don't think we did. I got my wires crossed. Oh, have you? He moved up to the championship. You stitched me there with that, ain't you? Told me Oh, not only two left wingers, but also two boxers. Aye. What was the bo- what were you a boxing promoter? Promoter, yeah, yeah. So I did How did that shows. come about? Because my pals, a lot of them are boxers down in England, and it's so hard for them to get on shows. Like they were struggling to do anything, so I put a bit of money into like putting a show on for them. And to be fair, made made quite. A bit of money from it, so it wasn't too bad. So any boxers would know. Uh, Luf Clay was was the biggest one. He fought Craig Beatty. Craig Beatty, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a boxer. Beats a boxer, yeah. Decent. Aye, it was no bad. Beats can hit the bag. No, Beats can actually. Yeah. Hit aye, but you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which say the boy Nicky Devlin? Do you like him? Yeah, yeah, good guy. Good player. Good guy. Yeah, good player. Scotland level. Maybe. Maybe. He's doing well. No, he's, he's doing, doing well. Really yeah, well, of he's, do, he's no, doing well so for us. It's, just, just, it's difficult, isn't it, when you step up to that next level. Like, yeah. Them boys are class, man. But, I just want to know a wee bit more about the boxing. So who, who was the guy? Uh, Luther Clay, his name was. So he right. fought for like the British title on like an Eddie Hearn show probably about two or three months ago. So he was decent. He was the main one. Right. Um, Would you go to that after football? Nah, it's dodgy as fuck, man. Is it? Oh, mate. So dodgy. The amount of threats I had what from like other people. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever come across Eddie Hearn? Yeah, yeah. So Did he you? was, they were the chairman at Leighton Orient when I was there the first time. I saw the so Barry and Eddie Hearn. So we used to go to all the boxing shows and stuff, like through them. So right. came across them a few times. So did you box, man? No, 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 no. So you could do it? 
Nah, I couldn't get hit back, man. Nah. It's all right me giving it the big one on the side on the football pitch and the referees there, but someone's punching you back in the face, mate. Nah. Not for me, pal. He can't have touched the money maker. <laughs> Not Shy, for me, man. He, he stepped into the media, ain't he? Oh, he's flying, mate. You're absolutely flying. <laughs> he's the, flying, the, the man. nation love him. <laughs> I <laughs> think, man, you're right. Sports teams should get rid of Stephen Thompson and let him host. Yeah, get Tomo off, What's he doing? There's only so many times you can make a... Make a cunt with Tom. He's got a shirt sponsor now, though, so he's buzzing. He gets free clothes. Does he for yeah, who? Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, he, he's obsessed with your manager as well. He, the one question he always asks is, does his farts stink? Then he says he might looks like he's. I've never smelt one to no. be fair. Nah. We, we get told, don't he? he tells boys to come in and just sniff his seat. I don't know if that's true or not. How good did Martin? There was a man, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. He's, yeah he's, uh, what you see is what you get with him, to be fair. You know, he's like straight what? down the line with you. Hey, good on sure. Huh? Well, you're unsure. I'm sure. That's what I was Why? Saying. I think having a react well, I don't think that screaming and stuff. But listen, we'll not hear about me, we'll hear about you. You know what I mean? I don't want me to take care of again, but Simon, on you. But Mars fair a generation where he doesn't mind that. Yeah, like, yeah. You see when the other day everyone had a pure outrage because he says you were rubbish in one game, but yeah, he yeah. doesn't mind stuff out there. Yeah, nah, listen, you get on with it, you know. And then he, he told me he was going to do it, to be fair, before, and I spoke to him after. I wasn't actually rubbish, that was a, that was a disappointing thing. I actually did all right. Did you do all right? Yeah, then? it was three games in six days, man, 34. He thinks he got the 24 year old Marvin Bartley, but Mate, you couldn't, well, couldn't have afforded him. I'd love to him. see that physique, would you? Desperate to see it. Nah, there's <laughs> not a lot going on under this right. <laughs> uh, right, the career, mate. You, Frank's at Redden. Yeah. What so, was it? Was Brendan Rodgers in that team? Yeah, yeah. So he was. He managed me for a couple of games. Right. Um, so I went into that about the age of 11, maybe, so 14. But I had no interest in football when I was younger. You know, I used to pick the ball up and run away from my brothers. I've got two older brothers. And they used to, like, beat the crap out of me, like, chasing me. Where was that, Mad London? Uh, Redden. Red, is that where you feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Redden, yeah. So I had no interest. At the age of 10, started playing a little bit. Age of 11, I was in an academy. And to be honest, it was probably the worst three years of my life in How? football. Because it was just too structured. Yeah. I'd gone oh. from having a kick around with my mates and that, playing Sunday league, having banter with my friends at school, to suddenly I'm in an academy playing against, like, Chelsea, Arsenal, Millwall, who were massive. Geezers with beards and that at the age of 12. And I'm thinking, what's going on there? And I was tiny. <laughs> so it wasn't for me, man. I hated it. When so you were just wanting to kick a bit and Brendan's wanting like four box too. Yeah, yeah. Day. And he's like saying, press, do this, do that. And I'm playing centre half as well. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to be a striker. The enjoyment comes right, doesn't it? Hmm? The enjoyment it comes right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was honestly, the, the stress from playing in academy and football was not for me. When did you leave Reading? Uh, under 14. Under, and went conference, was that right? No? No, so I went to like just normal Sunday league. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was Sunday league. I was playing Sunday league and like non league up until the age of 20 then. So about two months before I signed professional, I was playing Sunday league with my mates, like paying like four quid to play. So, you know, that. Up until 20? Yeah, up until 20, yeah. That was a life for me, just before I went to Bournemouth, like literally the season before. Were you grafting as well, working? Yeah, yeah. So doing I was what? doing so many different sports directors I worked at, but I had enough of that, man. People Mate, to... you were a sports director at 19. Uh, sports director. The, the, oh, sports clothing, director. Yeah. Sports director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, at 19, yeah, no, nah, people used to come well, in. You, you worked sports director? Yeah, yeah, come in, throw their stuff on the floor and that. Honestly, the stress from working there was, was mental. Did double glazing, conservatories and that as well. Um, He's getting a flat soon, can you do that? No, nah, I'm done with that. No, you, you, oh, that was I a long time ago. Stuff's changed now, I can't do it anymore. See, see, when you were in the conference, did you enjoy the nightlife and all that? Yeah, yeah. Did I, you? Used, I used to go out. Got out a fair bit. Um, and Redden, Redden's shite for a night at three. Yeah, I was decent, Swindon, man. Yeah, better than Swindon. Yeah, Swindon is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> London's like 40 minutes down the road. Yeah, done. but it's too much trouble in London. There's too many people, you know, wanting to give it the big and that's not for me. Just yeah. stay in Redden where I was comfortable and half decent night. See, non-league, the boys play that hungover now. Do they what? Play hungover. And, yeah, yeah. 
To be yeah. fair, I did that a couple of times. I'm not proud to, to say that. Did you? But yeah, I went out Fridays a couple of times, probably around like the age of 18. I did that a few times. Did you ever do that? No, I never met her in a drink, Simon. But I'm just thinking, man, see, see when you were in that, did you think that you were going to have a career, a long-term career in football? No. You do, you know what, do you know what changed it for me? I must have been 17 or 18. I remember I looked at my bank account, mate, and I had about, no word of a lie, about 30p in my account. I told boy, And I was like, fuck, I need to do something here. Like, I can't keep doing this, like, living month to month. Mm. And by the way, it's about the 14th of the month as well, so I had a long time to go, man. Gosh, knocking on my mum's door, asking for some cash and that, and I was like, nah, you need to do something about it. And I think that was when the kind of hit the switch and said, listen, give this a go. So what did you change? Just everything, your lifestyle? Everything, mate, everything. I was I was a pretender, you know. I, if I was around you, like, we played football together, I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing this and that away from football, I was doing nothing. And I was working on, like, sites, doing a double glazing and stuff, and eating pies all the time when the food van would come around, like fizzy lucasades. wasn't doing enough, you know, I was, I, was a, I was a pretender to put it nicely. But mate, there was a manager that even told him he wasn't good enough to play even non-league level. Yeah, yeah. No way. So, uh, yeah, I got <laughs> to be Who's the guy naming shame? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who is he? Ke Kevin Hill's the, the, what the an guy who told me that. So he pulled me and my two brothers all playing together at the same team, so it was like brilliant. And then, to be fair, I know why I got released. The game before I got released, like, the assistant manager used to play. So we conceded the goal in, like, the 94th minute. Guy comes in the back post, heads it in. So we go in the changing room. The gaffer's like, whose man's that? Whose man's that? And the assistant manager, Roger. He's not pilled yet. Nah, like, Roger's, it's Roger's man. Right. So Roger's saying nothing. So I'm sitting there at the age of, like, 18 or whatever, 19, and I'm like, is he going to say something here? And Roger's not saying anything. The manager's going mental. So he's like, whose man is it? Come on, own up. I was like, it was Roger's man. And everything goes silent. Like Roger's looking at me, the manager's looking at me. I'm thinking, I'm fucked. But my brothers are there. My brother's a big guy, so yeah. I knew I wasn't going to get hurt. And then Roger was like, what do you say, you cheeky? Like, it was your man. So the gaffers left it at that. Obviously trained Tuesday, Thursday. Went to play the following Saturday. He's like, Marv, can I have a word? With me and my eldest brother, he had a word of both of us. He's like, Marv, you're not good enough to play at this level. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of you. So oh, because you dug Roger? Yeah, basically I dug Roger out, mate. Roger was terrible, man. No <laughs> yeah, pace, nothing. Yeah, I fought for so many goals. I had enough of Roger, mate. Where did you hang then? But like, your mind's checking out of that then when he used to yeah. do that. That was hard because although I knew it was about that, like I was getting released at that level and I'm trying to... This was below conference, like two or three leagues below. Um, so I'm like, where do I kind of turn from here? But again, I changed my life then. So I was like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove this guy wrong and, and, and kick on. Man, that's a fantastic message to people out there. And <laughs> when you get knocked... Uh, so keep going. Keep mm. going. Uh, so, so what age were you at that time? 20, 20 year old? Uh, no, nah, I was about 18, 18 at that age, 18 or 19. But it's one person's opinion. That's what I told myself. You know, in football, even now, people be like, Marvin Bartley's shit. Boys we, like, we usually say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 if you went to Red and some of the boys who played Sunday League would be like, oh, I was better than Marvin when they were younger. They probably were. But the determination I had at that sort of age to make it, obviously, you know, bear the fruit now. So, so you got another non-league team? Yeah, I went to another non-league team. Went to Hampton and Richmond. Um, and played there for a season and had the best season of my life. Um, went professional. Playing centre mid or still centre half? Centre mid. Centre, right. Couldn't header. Yeah. Centre half was all right, but I was big strikes and I was, had no interest. You used to let them win the ball in the air and just mm -hmm. try and win a foot race. Yeah. And if you're faster than me, I was fucked, man. That was it. You were scoring all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your man was peeling off me. So I was centre mid at that point. But it was horrible because my old manager, like, I remember he called me one day and he's like, how are you getting on? I thought, oh, he's being all right. I said, yeah, it's not too bad. And he's like, shit league though, isn't it? Because it was a league below... Obviously well, them doing. as well, yeah. I was like, what a wanker, man. I thought he was going to say, like, keep uh -huh. it going, yeah, whatever yeah. else. So. Well, you say Roger's flying by the... Yeah, well, Roger, oh, I don't know what Roger's doing now. Roger's still playing now, probably, man. <laughs> and then, mate, he was going to sign for the Mad Dog. A legend oh, on the show, Matt Allen. Yeah. Allen. Is, he, is he mad? Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely mental, man. 
Like, he was taught us, but I wasn't sure if he was So did you meet him, Yeah, yeah. So I went and trained at MK Dons. Um, I was there for, for a week. So Leon Knight was there as well at the time. Oh, he came to Swindon for a bit as well. Mate. Funny boy, isn't he? Yeah, but we used to be warming up and he wouldn't warm up. So I'm not warming up. He just kicked goal, uh, the ball in the goal. <laughs> and we were all running around doing like the fast feet and that. And he's kicking the ball in the goal. And then he would join in training after. Like his attitude was terrible, man. But a really nice guy. Yeah. Really nice guy. But Martin Allen was brilliant for me. You know, I, I trained for a week and then I played two uh, reserve games. And he said, yeah, I'm going to sign you. You signed there? Uh, end of the season. Nah, so what happened was I went, I went to Zante in the, in the summer. So I'm going to go on holiday, come back and sign my contract or whatever. And he went to Leicester. Oh, uh, so did. During that time. But I had an agent that I'd never had an agent in my life. One contacted me at the end of that season and basically fucked me over. Um, he was going to get two and a half grand from MK Dons if I went there. And when Martin Allen went to Leicester, he's like, no, I want 10 grand for Marvin. And I wasn't signed for this guy, to this guy. So he was just like recommended to me, working on my behalf, done nothing for me. So it went kind of quiet. And I was like, well, what's going on? And he's like, oh, no, it might happen. It might happen. But it, nothing happened. Came back from Zante. And, you know, I was up in the air, up in limbo. What, uh, what was Martin Allen like on the two in England? Oh, just crazy, man. Just shouting and like... Yeah. Used to bring, Did he bring his dog? Yeah, yeah. Just bring his dog in, man. <laughs> his dog was so passive, though, man. Just used to like, lay on the side of the pitch. and like, the boys were training? Yeah, yeah. When the boys were training. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Just bring his dog in. But he was crazy. Like, just some of the stuff he used to say, he's like, what are you even on about? Yeah, yeah. And then he would like go back and be like, do you know what, lads? I said the wrong thing there. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just such a great guy. Just want to was play he? for him. Yeah. Really good guy, man. What a hero. And then for that big man, when did you go? So you never went with... No, no, I never went with him. So I went, to, I didn't know this was all happening. I went to Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth gave me a call, Kevin Bond. Uh, gave that was me Harry, is that Harry Redknapp's assistant? Old assistant manager, He's yeah. old school, Bond, man, Wow, yeah. Old school's not the word, man. So he gave me a call and said, come down for a six-week trial. Uh, I went down for a, for a week and couldn't get a week off work. So I couldn't do a week. And he's like, right, do the week and then play like two games. So I played my first game away to Weymouth on the Tuesday. So I worked throughout the day, drove down, got cramped after 20 minutes, like, Absolutely gone. Like 10 minutes in, I was like, wow, like my legs, my calves were so tight. Blew up. Like had nothing in it. I said to him, listen, I'm done here. 20, 20 minutes, minutes? 20 minutes in. How's that? But I'd been working all day. So oh, I'd yeah. been up at like five. I'd worked and I'd driven down to Wayne, which was like two two hours from Reading. So, uh, do you know what I mean? What like, a horrible feeling. Couple pies for lunch and that as well. Oh. So I just wasn't ready to play. So he's like, right, that's fine. We've got Southampton on the Saturday. Come back for that. So I was like, right, perfect. So during this time, I spoke to someone at Bournemouth. They said, right, make sure you're drinking loads of water and you'll, you won't get cramped. So Saturday morning, he didn't explain you need to like build up to it. Saturday morning, I'm down in water on the way down to Bournemouth to play Southampton. I get there and I say to him, mate, like I can feel so much water in my tummy like every time I move. And he's like, what, when did you drink it? I said, like, just on the way down. He said, how much did you drink? I said, two litres, like you told me. He's like, nah, you should have been drinking it like throughout the week, <laughs> building up. So played in that game. I got cramp again, to be fair, but I lasted till half time. But I was like, this is me done. Who's going to sign Mate, me now? I'm releasing you back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cramp? Like I called my brothers and they're like, nah, it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. He said, just wait around, say thanks for the trial and whatever else. And after the game, Kevin Bond came in and said, here's your contract. Um, I didn't even check it. I just signed it. Didn't know how much money I was on, how long it was. Didn't care. Just signed the contract. What you Fuck no, mate. They're shorter players, huh? <laughs> they had no players, mate. That's strange, but see if you're cramping up and stuff, you yeah, yeah. maybe we'd have. But were they scared at that time? Yeah, but he had also said to me, like, I can see there's something there, but obviously your fitness, you have to work on. You're coming from, like, non league to full time, blah, 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 blah. Um, so in the end, you'll be fine. But they had no players. They had no right. players. So, you know, it's kind of an opportunity for me to, to go in and show what I could do for a year. But His brother works for the government, didn't he, Kevin Bonds? James. Ah, uh, James. <laughs> Cracking too. Uh, a fantastic too. Mate, they did have some players though, because 
I know a couple of the boring boys that I had. Mem- <laughs> Selena, do you remember Dan Anderton? Had my Spurs tap. Did you? Oh, had my Spurs tap. What number? What? 17. 17. What a player. But he actually, in, in, in uh, playing the World Cup as well, 1998. So there yeah, you yeah. go. And uh, uh, was he a fantastic guy? Yeah. Class, man. So rich. Best player you've ever played with? So rich? Yeah. Would he cash you off? Nah, he would give us cash, man. Like the young would he? Yeah. Would he? So rich, man. What a he man. He would say to like the young boys, obviously had a young team at this point, first one to smash someone, 100 quid. So we're like, <laughs> I, I swear that. to God, mate, kick off. Like I'm running to mate, press you must anyone. Have been <laughs> <laughs> Trying to press anyone, mate, to put them up in the air. Get on the coach, give you 100 quid. Mate. What? So this is a game on a Saturday? Yeah, like league games. League games? Yeah, yeah. What's that first man? one to do it, 100 quid. That was it, mate. Nights out, like we pay for everything. Like, but he was so good. But you're so scared of being on this team. Because like you said, he played at World Cups, the Euros and that. And he's playing with like, fucking me. He's probably thinking, what's this guy doing? Yeah. Like my touch was worse then than it is now. So I was fucking <laughs> terrible. So I'm playing and that. And if you're on this team in training, like the manager called the team's like, like please don't be on Daz's team. Please don't be on it. How about the if you gave it away? Like? Yeah. Or didn't give him the ball correctly. And like, you're nervous as well. Yeah. So I'm not only like quite shit at football. I'm nervous as well. So I'm like kicking it up at his knees and that. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying, but he would hammer you, man. But I mean, I stand you in good stead going on in your career. Exactly. Right? But at the time, you don't think that. You think this guy's bullying me. Yeah. But no, nah, he wasn't, man. He just demanded the high standards. He got the best out of the young boys. He was, he was fantastic. See, just, and just quickly, see, mm. do you think that's went out of the game? With young, like, senior players, like with younger players? There's no respect for young boys. For young now. players, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, do you no hammer respect. young boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hammer everyone. Good. Like, it's just the way I am, but there's no respect. The respect's gone. Shocking, man. So, mate, like, you know, boys will argue back. Some boys will play like two or three games and they're arguing back with boys who played hundreds yeah. of professional games. And you're like, who are you talking to? But it's totally gone. You know, in society now, it's totally gone. They don't mm. they don't care. Yeah. Mate, Anderton was part of the dentist chair, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he tell you stuff? Yeah. Did he tell you stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd tell us all sorts of stories about the betting back then as well, what they what used to do. Yeah. What was that? Remember, it was before a big tournament, they were on a nightclub in Japan, was it? They yeah, were all yeah. Doing the, the, the dentist chair with guys. You were 96, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anderton was involved in that. Man. He was pictures of him, he's top off in a nightclub like a week before the tournament. <laughs> Did they tell you about that? Yeah, they tell us about all stories like that. But, uh, mate, Bournemouth for a night out. Yeah. That's where you want to be. That's it good, aye? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. What a good woman down there. <laughs> 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 there's, a few. There's, there's a few. There's a few, there's a few. But it was a big thing. The Bournemouth teams used to go out quite a bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. party boys. That's what used to get cool, yeah. like a boy band and all that. The, so what was that every Saturday? Yeah, the boys were rife, man. And Anderton writing amongst it? Yeah, Warren Cummins. Warren Cummins, <laughs> mate, what a guy. Yeah, there, there was, it was bad. To be fair, Anderton wasn't, the when he used to go out, he used to go out, but he wasn't one of them that were out every week. That's more like the younger boys. Like yeah. Alan Connell used to be Connell, part of hey, get dragged he into it. He got zero birds when he was yeah. at Alan Connell. Was it terrible? <laughs> oh, zero about him. Chadwick League? No, quite a... Quite a he's a, yeah, he's a good looking good boy. Looking he's got boy, nothing yeah. about him. Like, in, in terms <laughs> of that, Al's going to be like, what? <laughs> got nothing about oh, him. But he's married to an absolute cracker now. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. He's got yeah, a lovely baby as well. So he did well in the end. And then your man comes in. The main man, Eddie Howe. Is he the best going about? Yeah, for me. The best I've had. Did you know that straight away? Yeah, yeah. Because I've gone from Jimmy Quinn, who was... Honking. Oh, mate. Jimmy Quinn just didn't care about football. He used to come, stand on the side, I swear, put on a game. He had, he had a staff. His staff attacked Warren Cummins. <laughs> Jimmy Quinn, well, that's the best thing he did. What, a staff it? Yeah, yeah. He had a staff on the side of the pitch. And <laughs> you know what it was? It's like, was he trying to do tricks with the ball around the staff? So the staff was fine as long as you didn't go towards it. And he's doing that, trying to do kick-ups. So the staff's like getting excited and that. And we're like, Woz, like, what are you doing? Like, we're training. At this point, I swear to you, we're playing possession and Woz is in the corner with the dog trying to do tricks. Jimmy Quinn doesn't care. Just standing there. Next thing, Woz is screaming on the floor, man. 
turn around and the staff's on top of him. Like, help! Help! <laughs> like, nah. See, the old things at that time, it was proper old school. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, it was mental, what is, man. Why is that about managers just bring dogs to training? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's that. team, man. But that's, yeah, it was really bad under him. And then, yeah, Eddie Howe was like chalk and cheese, man. But, mate, Eddie Howe was only 31. So you're nearly 31 now. Imagine that. <laughs> it was crazy when he came in. But he got demoted. So, obviously, he was Kevin Bond's coach. Then he got demoted to the under-13s manager. Why do you think, I always think Kevin Bond thought this guy's far too busy? No, Kevin Bond got sacked. Right. So they brought in another manager, but to keep Eddie at Bournemouth, they put him in the under-13s. So you used to see him like bringing their academy kits to get washed on the Monday when we were going to training. And then suddenly he was he was a manager, but as soon as he came in, you knew. You see, knew man, I've seen just before, see when you heard he was getting it? Yeah. Did you have any doubts because the age of his it? Oh, definitely. Like... Although I'd worked with him a lot on like, he used to work with the younger players, they take us when Kevin Bond was a manager for like afternoon sessions. Still didn't know if he could come and be a manager, so young. And Eddie's like so fresh faced as well. Like he yeah. just doesn't have that kind of other side about him where we didn't think he did. But honestly, when he came in, did man, have that oh, side? Can yeah. you remember his first speech? First thing he said, Marvna? No, I don't think he did want to be fair. Right. I don't, I... When was the first time like, as a manager you thought he's good? Training, first on the first training, training session, yeah. the first one. Was that? Yeah, the structure of the first training session, like... So talk us through a structure and Eddie Howe training session. So early doors, it was all about possession. He wanted to keep the ball. We were a long ball team, but he wanted to keep the ball. And he brought in Steve Fletcher, who spoke about yeah. off camera, to be like the target man. So everything was like, this is how we're going to play on a Saturday and we'll strip it back to the Monday. We're gonna, this is how we're going to build up to, you know, beating a team on a Saturday. This is their weaknesses. This is their strengths. And it was weird, man. So you do like 11 v 11 and it'd be like, say you're the weakness and you're playing left back. Every time he gets the ball, we're going to press him this way. So everyone knew what was going on. Even when we did have the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We always knew where the ball was going. And we always knew who we were going to attack and how we were going to attack them. Get him isolated. Get at him. And it was, it sounds simple, but honestly, like, the way he broke it down. At that time, that wasn't simple. That was done. There was no cash. He knew everything about everyone. Like, if you asked him about any player, if you were playing against you, like, what side? Like, he'd tell us everything. Like, (laughs) 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 But he'd tell us everything about you. Like, what you like to do on the ball. And at this point, like, there's no, we had no videos or nothing like that. He used to like get scouts to go out for like basically nothing. The guy who's still with him now, Des Taylor, wow. um, used to go and do it for nothing. So he was like a fruit and veg market seller. And in the evenings, he's going to do that for Eddie, but he just used all the resources he had. See on, did he have a ruthless side to him as well? Yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah. When you were like... So you wouldn't imagine that, eh? Yeah, because he doesn't look like that. He's yeah. go, to be fair, he goes so red, man. You still want to laugh because he's, he looks so young. Like, uh, like, come on. But he had that ruthless side and he just cut you off. It was one of them, mate. Either do it the Eddie Howe way or you're out. That was it. There was no middle ground. I spoke to Al Connell. He says that, I, I, I said to him about Eddie Howe's mm. Rooster side. He says, ask Marv about the Morecambe game they lost 5-0 before the Christmas day. <laughs> Al's killed me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, right. So, yeah, obviously away to Morecambe. Christmas do, so we've got all our fancy dress and that, like, all packed. And Eddie, like, was saying, you can go in your Christmas do, but I don't want to see any of it. So we're like, how are we going to get this on the coach? Because he was always the first there. Mm. So basically one of the older boys the night before I had to go to the coach company, put it all underneath, all our gear, so Eddie didn't see it. So we're on the way up to Really? Morecambe. The night before you yeah, put yeah, your stuff yeah. on the bus? So he didn't see it. He didn't want to see it. If he right. saw it, you were done. It was that, cancelled. Yeah, yeah, that was it. There was no party. So we're, we're playing Morecambe. I think we went one down early doors. We were doing really, really well. Guy hits a wonder strike. So then it's like a 50-50. I was like, right, let me put my stamp on this game. Gone to smash this guy. And... I you knew- want 100 quid off Anderton, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew straight away I was in trouble, man. The guy's on the floor screaming. I'm looking up and a referee's just standing there with a red card. And this is probably about 15 minutes in. Oh, no. The and I'm, like, Christmas I'm like, no oh. way, Christmas do. Like, I, 
I can feel Eddie looking at me. Yeah. Can't get eye contact with him. No chance. So head down, walk into the changing room, and I'm hearing cheers, cheers, cheers. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, obviously, came I still, the, mate, I think that could be the worst thing in football. Yeah. Like you've been sent off, and you could just hear them score, score, score. But oh. you know the thing about him, I've never admitted this. I was just thinking, at least I didn't get like elbowed in the face or anything. I can still go on a Christmas do. And like, look, I swear, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be all right because it's always a worry. You know, the game for the Christmas too. If I get elbowed here, that's gonna ruin my night. And at this point, I'm single as well, so I'm thinking. Oh, you, could do you know that. what I mean? Like, let me let me try and try. My, going to Manchester as well. And I'm thinking, it's a big big uh, opportunity for me. Big opportunity um, for me. For <laughs> 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 me, the woman of my life. Huh? It's a Sorry. big opportunity for me. Did you, so, did you pull my bum that night? No, nah, mate. I was. Did nah, you not? No, nah, I was terrible. Man. I can't drink. Bigger. I had a couple of drinks, and the next minute I was waking up and was on top of me on the nah. Sunday, man. So. <laughs> didn't go too well. That's his first lie he's talked so far, but only when you the story. So yeah, anyway, so we, we, we got beat 5-0. So the lads are like, what are we going to do about Christmas do? So the older boys are like, we're going. So I'm, I'm on the coach now and I'm saying, nah, lads, I can't go. So the younger boys were going and it's one of them, like, I got put in the head like, we're going. I'm like, I can't. Like, how can I? I got sent off, we lost 5-0, I can't. And by this time, the gaffer's sitting at the front of the coach and there's no side like door to get off. It's one of them coaches, you've got to go past, past him. Them. Oh, no. so oh. Boys, we can't go, we can't go, we can't go. But anyway, we got forced to go. So we're all walking off and he's not getting eye contact with absolutely anyone as they go off. So I'm like, oh, mate, what's going to happen there? I go to walk past him and he turns, looks at me and says, there's no way you're going, is there? And I'm like, no. And the boys behind me just pushed me like, off the coach. And I'm like, boys, I'm fucked. This is me done. Yeah. Like, I'm absolutely done. Yeah, when we saw him on the Monday, he was raging. I can't believe you boys went. He brought in like a psychiatrist to, to speak to us. He said, these boys are not right. They're <laughs> not right, man. <laughs> I swear. Like, but see, after the 5-0 game, what was he like in the dressing room? Oh, raging. Like bright red, going mental, throwing stuff about. Like, at this point, I'm already changed and I'm in the back of my head thinking I didn't get elbowed. So Wait, I'm like, tell me you're not changing it the night you here. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, into my like, tracksuit and that. I'm changed. I'm just sitting in the corner hoping it doesn't get like... Did you slaughter anybody? Like, yeah, me. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Sort of went through me, yeah. Went through a couple of the older boys as well. But I deserved it. But it's just one of them, like, just a it's mistime a tackle. tackle for me. Like, yeah. For my tackle wasn't nice, man. Yeah. And none of the boys protected me. There's a picture of it and all their players are just around me and not one of the lads are around I'll me. Give it a nah. Absolutely don't give a shit about it. Like, he's sent off, he's on his own kind yeah. of thing. Have you ever won the day of Christmas day? I've never won the day of Christmas day. No. Nah. Never. You always get beat, didn't you? Yeah, the day yeah, of Christmas. You, and, and, and you don't give a fuck, to be honest, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're no Gern Simon, aren't you? No, the whole way off the pitch, so you're saying Jiggy, he's going to cancel the Christmas Day. Uh, that's that's, all, yeah. that's, that's the only worry, isn't it? Have you had a Christmas Day cancelled? No. I don't agree with managers that cancel yeah, it. Yeah, you lose the dressing room, man. I don't like it, but regardless of the performance, let the boys go and enjoy yourself. If they do it every day, mate, that's it. Don't yeah. cancel, because you, as you said, yeah, you'll think about that. You lose the boys as well, didn't you? We shouldn't have went, though, 5 0. No, of course you should go. No chance. I don't know what. you doing well that year? I think we're doing okay. Yeah, okay, but now nah, 5-0. Yeah, Morecambe makes... as well, mate. Morecambe. You know, the worst thing, they, they have to drop us off in Manchester. See, <laughs> 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 so just on Eddie Howe, see, at that time, was he doing everything at the club? Was he, was he... Everything. So what, like, for example, what? Like the analyst stuff he would do, not that we had, like, so he'd be speaking to Des and he'd be writing the stuff down, mm. he'd be doing all the coaching, all the recruitment, like, absolutely everything. Like, anything around the ground that needed done, he was, he was doing all that. Who did he bring in? Jason Tindall. Jason oh, Tindall assistant. was the assistant manager. Yeah. So he was at Weymouth before and then he came across with Eddie to, to Bournemouth. So he was his assistant. It was just those two. And a goalie coach, uh, Neil Moss is still there now. Right. So, it was so he's those kept three. all that staff that's been there since League Tower's point. Yeah. Did you know right away he was going to go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you knew. 
he knew because obviously I had a few managers at non-league and then a couple within a professional game, but he was he was a different. How long breed. was he there for? Did he did he leave? Yeah, he left he to go to Burnley. Burnley. To Burnley? Yeah, like maybe 18 months, I would say. And did he take you to Burnley? Really? Yeah, he took me to Burnley. But me and Eddie, like, I'm quite opinionated. So we used to clash quite a lot. Like, in a respectful manner, yeah, but, yeah. you know, we used to clash a lot. So when he left, I was thinking, he's probably thinking, thank fuck, I got rid of Marv, like, in my ear kind of thing. <laughs> and then, yeah, he took me. Well, I'm really surprised at that because a wee bit with uh, uh, I thought he might not have enjoyed somebody maybe coming back at him. Yeah. You're actually saying that he did like that? Yeah, he didn't mind as long as you had, like, like something to your argument yeah. do you know what I mean if I would have just said oh why are we doing this he'd have been like who the fuck are you talking to but if I would have said I think we're doing this and it's wrong for this reason he, he liked that yeah. he liked people thinking for themselves and he always had an answer by the way he's one of those managers say well why are we doing this and some managers would be like just get on with it he always had an answer well, this is the reason and he'd just be like fucking hell man yeah what can you say yeah I can't argue with that so he, what, did he phone you up man after um, he went to Burnley no I didn't hear from him didn't hear a word from him like honestly left after we played Colchester didn't hear a word from him. Um, and then it got to like near the deadline day. So he must have been up there for like six weeks, say. And then I got a call saying, you know, the club had put a bid, Bernie put a bid in and Bournemouth rejected it. And the chairman- you Got a call from who, your agent? No, I didn't, I didn't have an agent at the time. So from the club, from Bournemouth. Bournemouth. They said Bernie had put a bid in, uh, but we rejected it. But we didn't see you in the morning. So I think it was like, yeah, two days like prior to the window closing. So I was like, right, went in, saw the chairman, saw Lee Bradbury. They're like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't mind staying to the end of the season, but then I want to go. Um, they're like, right, that's fine. No problem at all. Then I got a call from someone who was working on Bernie's behalf and they told me the wages. So I was like, oh, mate, you're pushing to the moves <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm like, can you text that to me? Like, yeah. I was like, can you text that to me? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Because you'd have been on shit door yeah, board yeah, yeah. at that time. Yeah, right? exactly. And then they offered me that. I was just like, right, let's try and get this done. So I went and saw the chairman next. I said, listen, this is what they're offering. Um, you know, I want to go up the road. You're not going, you're not going. Got to deadline day, kept rejecting the bids. I think there's like four or five bids, kept rejecting them. It's like, fucking hell, man. So I'm at home, like Bernie booked me a flight from Bournemouth to Manchester and said, right, this is going to go ahead. You need to get on a flight. You need to come up to your medical. I think it's like four o'clock the flight. So they put a bid in at half three, rejected again. And Bernie's like, right, that's it, done. And, but back then the loan window would open, I think it was a week into it. Yeah. So we'll get you on loan in view to a permanent. Got to about six o'clock, half five, six o'clock. I'm living in Bournemouth, by the way. It closed at 11, chairman called me from Bournemouth, we've accepted a bid. I was like, you're fucking joking. Like, I said, how am I going to get there now? He's like, that's not my problem, we've accepted it now. Like, absolute dick. So I jumped in my car, called my brother on the way, I said, listen, I need to get to, to Burnley. He's like, right, meet me at the services at Newbury, we'll drive up. How we got there, I have no idea. We must have broken every speed camera. It was in my car as well. How I didn't get a ban from driving, I swear to you, no idea. Got there at 5 to 11, ran in, no medical. Signed the paperwork. Back then it was like faxes. You had to fax to the FA. Yeah. Gone to fax it. The machine's jammed. Oh, I was like, no way. I was like, how's your luck, man? Like, absolutely buzzing. I'm going on this new contract. Fax machine's jammed. So I'm looking at the woman and she's like, there's nothing we can do. It's jammed. It's gone like five past 11. Can't put it through now. She goes, go back to the hotel, which they booked for me and my brother. Um, I'll speak to you in the morning. So I got a call in the morning from Bournemouth. Where are you? Because obviously transfer's not gone through at this point. I was like, what do you mean? I'm in, I'm in Manchester, right? You're fine a week's wages. What? what? You're born with a yeah. friend, you're So I'm not training. I was like, what do you want oh me to do it? Oh my here? God, man. Like, I've driven up here. The chairman's like, now you find a week's wages. I'm like, whatever. I said, oh, fine. I said, listen, I'm going to head back down because uh, Burnley had a game that day. So I'm going to drive back down anyway and I'll, and I'll be in tomorrow. Mate, that must have been the worst feeling in your life. <sighs> Horrible. Honestly, absolutely. Because in, in my head, I'm spending all that money. Money, of course oh, you have Money's it. gone, and mate. And now, now you're a week's wages. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I had a new car, everything, man. 
And now I'm, I'm driving back down the road thinking, geez, this is, this is messed up. But then Burnley called me. I must have got about an hour from Bournemouth. Said it's gone through. The FA have accepted that we tried to fax it. There's a receipt of us trying to put it through. It said it's been jammed. They've accepted the transfer. And obviously it went through that day and went to Bournemouth, picked my stuff up and back up to Burnley. That's painful, man, but you got that jammed. Couldn't you believe it? Couldn't you get it out for ages? <laughs> I mean, what did you get jammed? <laughs> Toilet pan, for sure. <laughs> so you were, you were, you were, uh, you always talk about every week on the show, you were obsessed with that Burnley team, with the characters in it. Yeah. Demon Thompson. Talk about it on the show every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, see uh, can you tell me a story? Was Big Tom over there? Yeah, yeah, Tom was, was there. Was he, was he wild? Because see, when I watch him, he seems a lovely guy, but... No, he's like, wild. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a story about him that's allowed on air? <laughs> one that used to always say to me is like obviously I came from a smaller club so he's a wank to be honest he's like <laughs> big stadium in the centre and I was like what do you mean he's like you must be nervous like big stadium you never played anything like this and at this point I'm playing and Tom is on the bench and he used to always be saying it to me I was like mate you don't even play and that's when he began to leave me alone but yeah on a night out he was honestly wild just like it was like he had Tourette's, man. He just used to like, scream random things and that in your ear and like lick you and stuff I, I wasn't used to this I'm like Tomo, man, like, I'm from a bit of like a sheltered background. Clearly, if this is what goes on like up here, I'm not really into it, but he didn't care. He's smashing glasses, he smashes glasses and all didn't he? Yeah, yeah, like doing absolute madness. There's no respect for anyone. Well, like, I just didn't care, man. It's mad to think, you know? I can't quite grasp it. Simon, who was the other characters you loved in that? So Charlie Austin was there, I spoke to him as well. He says to ask you about Night After Cardiff. Remember? Fuckers <laughs> <laughs> are killing you. <laughs> <laughs> is it all the dinner, sir? Yeah. Charlie, to be fair, Charlie. Obviously, you know him from, from Swindon, but yeah, great guy. So he came up the same sort of time as me. So me and Charlie used to always be together. We were in the hotel and that. And he said, talking about night after Cardiff, but what about like, so I'll tell you a story about when we were, we used to get like food at the hotel. So obviously have like pre-match and whatever else the day of the game, but before we used to stay in the hotel. So six o'clock was dinner time, go up to our room and Charlie's like, Marv, are you hungry? This is the first trip. And I was like, yeah, I am. So we used to get room service. Like, he's like, what do you want? I said, I'll have a sandwich. Charlie's get a burger and chips okay. and sticky toffee pudding every time, mate. Every time. <laughs> Diet terror. So we're constantly doing this. Good three or four months in. So then we hear a knock at the, the door, as we do every away game, open it, and it's Eddie. Oh, <laughs> with, no. With the food. So I'm I've opened the door and I'm like, you all right? And he's like, you all right? And I was like, like what are you doing? Because at this point I'm thinking, I'm not admitting to this. He was like, You've ordered food, haven't you, to your room? I was like, no. He's like, you've ordered food. I was like, that was Charlie. <laughs> He's like, was it? I was like, yeah, I just walked out of the room, mate. I don't know what he said to Charlie when he went in there, but I was gone, mate. Oh, absolutely, absolutely gone, yeah. But he, that that was kind of any. But yeah, the night after Cardiff, we uh, we, we had a wild one. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, we got thrown under the bus, man, by a coach. So his missus worked in the club. By the way, it's night after a game. You know, we, we don't have training the next day. We've decided to, to go out. To go out. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, to be fair, Charlie got away with it. I got a call on, on the Wednesday saying, get, get in here now, you're doing the gym. And I was like, why? Like, you're doing the gym. So I came in, he's like, well, you're out last night. I was like, yeah. What's what the was the big deal? Just didn't want, didn't want boys out. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I said, we don't have training today. Like, I've, I've gone out, I didn't actually drink. Yeah. Genuinely, I drove with a few of the other boys. Like, no, nah, now nah, you got to do the gym. And we we're like, how did he find this out? And it's only that one of the coaches was grafting on a bird, so she worked in there. And he must have thought we were going in there to graft on her. Threw us under the bus, <laughs> man. So at, at Burnley at that time, Eddie wasn't a, he wasn't that successful at Burnley, was he? Nah, but the changing room, man. Like, they were alcoholics. 
Like literally, <laughs> man, the changing room was so bad. At drinking culture, yeah. We had like Kevin McDonald, like oh, Brian Easton, Tomo, Clark Carlisle. Um, the only like responsible older ones were like Michael Duffy's at Cheltenham manager now, and, yeah. and Greza, who's a Motherwell manager. But the rest, man, like massive drinkers, like so much so, like on a Friday night going to a game, I remember I had like bottles, like glass bottles hitting each other as we're getting <laughs> off. And I was like, what, what's that noise? Like, what's going on here? Like, it's boys got glasses in their thing. And getting up to the room, we're in the, in the lift, and one of the lads like open their thing, like, yeah, I've got two bottles of red for tonight. And I'm like, what the f- we're playing tomorrow, man. Like, what's going on? But it was so bad. David Edgar was another one. Yeah. Like, literally, like, he, he couldn't, there's nothing you could do with that changing room. And yeah. he tried to change it, I think, you know, get rid of those boys at the end of the season. So Tomo was bombed off. I'd love to tell him that me and Eddie had a chat about him. He's like, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. no good, man. Yeah, no good for us. So he was bombed <laughs> off. But yeah, he, he couldn't do a lot with them, if I'm honest. And he tried to change it. They wanted a younger team, but they wanted us to win straight away. They wanted to go back to the Premier League. And it's, yeah. it's not that did, easy. Did the boys not respond to Eddie? The difficulty was a lot of them were the same age as him. Right. And when he came in, they weren't doing things his way, these older boys. So he was like, right, you're going. But they kind of knew they were going before the season ended. So, just so yeah, it just went the other way. We had like Chris Eagles as well, like yeah. another big character, Tyrone Mears. So it was, yeah, good players there, was but it's just the Shane older Duffy boys. Was there, it? Shane Duffy and John Goodetti. Goodetti was Goodetti? before me and Shane Duffy came on loan. Right. Um, he was so quiet though. Was he? Duffy, yeah. Oh man, so quiet. Came on loan from Everton, like just a really like, Classic guy, like really, really quiet. To be fair, he didn't have the, the best of times there. Um, he like struggled a bit. He was a young boy coming to championship for the first time. Yeah. So his form was a bit was a bit shaky. Probably been better off having me at centre half at that point. But right. obviously but he's mate, going to have a good career. Trappier was yeah, fighting at Burnley, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he the real deal? Oh, Can't remember. Yeah. Ridiculous. It was terrible when he came. Was it? Honest to God, I'm not joking. He used to probably hit a hundred crosses after training every day. It was horrific. And then suddenly he just found this almost like Beckham-like crossing that yeah. we could just whip it in. He just constantly worked at his game. Just, was, did he take that upon himself, man? Just yeah, yeah. No, well, Eddie said, if you do this, you'll go to the next level. Like genuinely, had a chat with him. If you do this, you go to the next level. And same with Ben Mee, who's the captain at Burnley now. Yeah, yeah. Because he was tiny. And Man City was like too small to play centre-half. Has to be a left-back. He said, Eddie was a centre-half. He said, if you do this, you'll play at the top level. And he just used to work. He used to work with, say, me, Ben, uh, Tripp, Jay Rodriguez, Charlie. They've all gone on to have great careers and look at me, man. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck <laughs> me, mate. Daddy Eggs as well. Mate, was that was at Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah. I thought he, he was. He almost got I'm, released. So I'm sure I played again. Huh? He went on loan to Dorchester alone wow. and did really well, though. Like, I think he scored like 10 goals in 15 games and he came back and he was obviously flying. Then he came up to us at, at Burnley. But he worked with all these young boys, Junior Stanislas. Yeah. To me, I've been done, and I'm the only one that's had a career. What's happened there? Fuck me. What was he telling you? Obviously, I weren't listening to that. I wasn't <laughs> working. I'm looking at all these players and they're playing at the top flight and they're all rich in that. I'm like, but that's I'm getting the bus here. That's what Celtic need. Yeah, that they, man. They, they need they developing players, making them better. Do you think he would be good with Celtic? 100%. Really? And I hear people say that he'll struggle there. Look, pre- look, no, he wouldn't. Like, I'm telling you now. Look what he did with Bournemouth. No matter what you say, they yeah. should never been in the Premier League for the amount of time they were. Nah. Yeah, they spent some money, but everyone does. You need to spend no. it in the league. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he's kept them up there and then... You know, obviously, when they got relegated, he ended up leaving. Now, look at them. They're struggling in the championship. Marv, can mm. I... This is just a... Simon, playing devil's advocate. Okay. I like, I like when you do that. Thanks <laughs> very much. I think you're thinking about the other night when you do that. <laughs> but see, I've, I've heard the four, right, and Glenn Johnson, a yeah. couple of them saying that he doesn't deal with... Oh, he may struggles when we're senior players if they've got an opinion. Yeah. So see, if he went to Celtic and was maybe 
Celtic fans actually really got a lot of them, but if there was mm. some senior players, does he back after that side or? I don't think he struggles with it. I think if you've got an opinion, you must back it up on the pitch. Right. So they might have got to a point with those players, you wanted the old Glenn Johnson or the, or the young Jermaine Defoe, and right. they weren't the same anymore. So I think that's where he might have struggled with it. They might have had the opinions they did when they were, yeah. say, five or six years ago, but they weren't producing on the pitch. So he doesn't have a problem with that because, as I said, he has an answer for Everything he tells you to do, he has an answer for. Right. There's no just do it. He he always has an answer for it. So Does he do everything, Marv, in terms of training? Everything. On the grass, everything. You go to training and no matter what time you turn up, I promise you, everything's set up on the training pitch. He must do it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like a few times, like boys being boys, like a bunch of big kids. Me and Charlie say, right, let's go to training really early and be there before him. Try and piss him off. You go there and you just be there, <laughs> mate. Everything's set up. His door's open. And we're like, what? Does this guy sleep in it? Like him as a manager, he wasn't just a manager. He's like, it's his life. And that's why he looks so drained at the end of Bournemouth because everything he does is for football at that point. And that's why he needs the rest that he's getting now. Mate, what manager turns up to your hotel Mate. to see what you're eating? So do you think he went and said, can I see what the boys have been ordered? Well, he must have said that, yeah. He must have said, like, what, what's been ordered there? And the other manager does that, man. Nah. Well, that's super, yeah, Bennett. Uh-huh. Now he knows it was me, though, so hopefully he doesn't watch it. Because at that <laughs> point, he just thought it was Charlie, man. Was it, were you, uh, I can just remember thinking back. But your dad, he was there with your dad, wasn't were he? Were you with my dad? Big Sean Deitchie? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was there with him. Yeah, yeah. He was he was class, to be fair. Was he? Yeah, man, yeah. He was class. Everyone always thinks I had a problem with him because he was a manager who came in after Eddie, you know, when I when I left. But he was class with me, really was. And and the reason why I left Bernie was because of me. See, but comparing him to Eddie Howe, was it night and day with the training, the type of training and stuff? Yeah, very different. But Sean Dyche isn't a coach, so he's got Tony Lockwood who ah, does the coaching. Right. So he would never really set stuff up. He would step in and say like, take the tempo up or do this or do that. And that's the thing with management, people think there's only one way, and there mm. isn't. Because those two are totally different, but both very, very successful yeah, in what point. they do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So he brings in people around him who can coach. He realises he's not the best coach in the world. Yeah. That's part of being a manager, isn't it? And with the food, Sean Dice probably would have ate the burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would believe. He'd have ordered a pint with it as well, man. I like the way Charlie's been throwing me under the bus, though, but didn't tell you about his yo-yo test. Go on then, tell so, him. Oh, mate, he was oh. so unfit. So unfit. So we didn't signed, care, Charlie, man. I know. We signed there in the January, and then... You know, pre-season was coming up. So come to the end of the season, pre-season was coming up. So me and Charlie are talking. He's like, what are you doing, Marv, over the summer? I was like, I'm doing my programme they're giving me. What are you doing? So I'm just going to chill. You know, and then the last <laughs> week... Chances? Yeah, last week I'll, I'll hit it hard. And I was like, the last week? He's like, yeah. So anyway, I didn't see him over the six-week period. Up at Burnley, first day in, Charlie comes out of the car and he's visibly heavy. He's fat, <laughs> right? So I'm like, Chaz, what's happened? He's like, oh, mate, I left it too late. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you're in massive trouble here. So we go in, get our groups for testing for the yo-yo. Me and Charlie are in the same group, buzzing. Because I'm not beating him. Yeah, yeah. No matter what I do, I'm beating him. <laughs> so we started the yo-yo and I think we got up to like level eight. But we needed to get up to like level 14 as a minimum at level eight. Charlie's turning about a yard early already. Wow, at level eight? I swear, and there's two goalies in our group, right? Cruising. So I've looked at Charlie and I was like, you all right? He's like, well, I'm going to have to stop. I was like, what? I was like, you can't stop now. So Charlie, you cannot stop. So Marvin's going to have to stop. So he's carried on for a few more levels, turning earlier and earlier. At this point, Eddie's come, came out because we should just be warming up now with the yo-yo. Came out and seen Charlie and he's like, the fitness coach, he's even talking. Charlie's like, Marvin, they're onto me, aren't they? I was like, yeah, you're fucked, mate. Like, I'm just trying to throw him under the bus now. Yeah, so I'm yeah. thinking, get him out and then you know, let them concentrate on him. You must have got to like level nine and a half, ten, and he just collapsed on the floor. But if they did it properly, he was out at level nine. He was wow. turning so early. He was so, so was he here before the goalies? Yeah, it was out before the goalies. But he's a goal scorer. He went mental. They, they made him go with the, the coach, like one-on-one, the strength and conditioning coach, one-on-one. 
But Charlie's a goal scorer. He's Put never in the box great. He's an animal. Exactly. Isn't? Never in great shape. I never yeah. forget the game we played against Derby. I think he had 18 touches of the ball in the attacking half and scored a hat trick. Wow. It's, he just got the knacker. Was he always just, unfit? Well, unfit, but was he always sort of heavy when he was Premier? Yeah. But we, we never, like, he came from Swindon, mate, where I told you that year was like a snag for me. <laughs> He'd have been someone that was born with him out three nights a week. Danny Wilson was five asides every day. Yeah. Charlie would turn up like five minutes before training, jump out his motor, play, and go home. It was, there was no sort of structure think, to it. Structure there. Do you think there's certain players sometimes you need to, I don't mean let, do what they want, but. Nah, not these nah, days. You, know, you, can't, you, you can't have passengers now, eh? Yeah. What yeah. a terrible yeah. point for me. <laughs> Cut that out. I feel sick. Cut, Cut that out. I feel sick of myself. <laughs> Completely and utterly. Can I just ask them, are you, do you still keep in contact with Eddie Howe? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So. Is he getting a sell it, Joe? I've not spoken to him for a little while, actually. But yeah, man, he's looking smart, didn't he? Yeah. Drink shot. Really Big bag, you're really a super in it. I'm happy with that, man. Looking good, man. I think you pull bag off for. Ah, you go to your nipples. I don't think it's going to take you to No, I'm not body in. I know, because I'm in the nipples. I've got nipples for it. Yeah. And then, mate, you got a. So, how did you leave Burnley? So. I left on loan, but basically I wasn't playing under Sean Dyche. I was injured at the start. I thought you'd be a Sean Dyche type as well. No, nah, right? but that's the thing. I think he thought I was as well, but my mind was just like all over the place. I was thinking, my dad's gone. Eddie's gone. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I need yeah, to get, yeah, get down yeah. the road. Fuck this. I want to go to Bournemouth. Well, I got cash as well. <laughs> get me in there. So, Was there no chance of that happening? He wasn't allowed to sign players for the first six months right. of, of being there. So I, I wasn't doing well at Burnley. Um, to be fair, I was doing well in the team. Dyche took me then back out. And then I just, my head went. I wasn't doing extras in training to keep fit or whatever. And then I remember on the Monday before a game, he's like, right, you're starting tomorrow. I was like, no way. Like, surely not. A good six weeks out of the team. Surely I'm not starting. Paid against uh, Barnsley away. And the old cramp thing came back, didn't it? Oh, no. Like, oh, no. Five or ten minutes in. To be fair, in the warm Five, like, ten minutes into yeah. the game? Do you know what? I think I was just so nervous yeah. that I, I wasn't right within myself, that my body was just like, everything was tight. Did you struggle with nerves? As a player? Um, not really, like, not massively, but so just, a, just a couple of times, Same yeah. Times. At that time, I, I struggled because I knew this was my massive chance. I knew I wasn't ready to take it. And that was the only time in my professional career I've taken my foot off the gas, like, personally as a player, mm. and just gone away from what I do. Because I work as hard as I possibly can every single day. And that time, I didn't do it, and it, and it bit me in the ass because that was, that was my last... Took me off at half-time. And if you took me off after 20 minutes, I couldn't have argued, genuinely. And that's the reason I left. And people always think, oh, Sean Dyer, it wasn't him, it was me. Like, yeah. I always take accountability for that. Five, ten minutes. Like, literally. Do you know what? I'm not even... What, the calves? Was it in the calves? Yeah, like my, but I'm not even lying. See, in the warm-up, I spoke to, like, the, the strength and conditioning coach who was still there from Eddie Howe. Yeah. I said, everything feels so tight. And he's like, nah, he said it was nerves. He said, you'll be all right. Like, what's... But it didn't get better. Oh, so did, did he go through it at time? No, he just put, took me off. Yeah. I think he just knew, like, what's the point in going through me, yeah, man? It's like, do you know what I mean? Back in Austin, the Grand National, and you, you know what I mean? You're a little bit in, and, and my jockey's riding me already. I'm like, oh, he's giving me, man. I've got nothing more. And then Leighton Orient, Slaney, Leighton Orient, but. Was it, was Barry Hen, uh, Barry Hill in charge? Yeah, then? yeah. So Barry Hearn was in charge for the first six months. Did you have any dealings with him? Did you, meet, did you meet him at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who starts yeah. the transfer? So he, he's the one who, who I spoke to. He, he was there all the time. Was he arrogant? Nah. No? Nah, nah. Lovely guy. Lovely. Yeah, right? yeah, honestly, like proper lovely guy. But you can tell he, back in the day he would have probably been naughty. Yeah. Like just the way he used to say certain things and like the confidence and the swagger he had about himself. And you're thinking, you're an old man, but clearly you must have known people. Yeah, yeah. But lovely guy. Like, so I dealt with him when I first went down there. And then? And then so how long is he in before the, the owner, the mad owner's coming? Six months, man. 
like six months. So did he not? Did he not say a word to you when you signed about like I might be going in this? Nothing. He, did he sell you like a plan for the future? That yeah. Well, he just said like come down, we'll do really well. We were um, sorry, it wasn't six months; it was a year because I was on season on loan. You know, we're going to do really well this season. We're really going for it. And to be fair to him, we did. Yeah. You know, I ended up finished second, but I think back then only one team went up, so we were in the playoffs. Um, and then we heard rumours of Italian owner coming in with like plenty of cash. So we're like wow, this is going to be decent. Like, boys going to be getting new deals left, right and centre. So everyone was just thinking about, like, this is going to be class. So yeah. the guy came to, when we played Brentford, sell out, absolutely buzzing. Lost in the playoff final. The guy's there again. And then I think it was only a couple of days after the playoff final, we lost. Alex Ravel scored a couple of goals and they're like, right, the club's been sold to the, the new Italians. We get to meet them and, like, we, we had conversations with them over the summer and that and the plans were massive. And the new contract was great and things went from bad to worse from there, man. Was it terrible? Oh, mate. Like, to be fair to him, right, he got done over because he put a lot of money in. He went to Russell Stadium as a manager at the time and Russell will tell you, blank piece of paper, whatever players you want that are free transfers, I'll get you them. Whoever you want. Doesn't matter where they've played, no matter what league they're playing, I have the money to get them. So Russell says, like, oh, really? So he's put down like Joby McEnough, who's a manager now. Yeah, just been is there. that for Redding, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Captain yeah, of Redding. Yeah. Uh, Darius Henderson, who was at like Watford and other teams and, and Jay Simpson. So, Stays come to us and be like, this is never going to happen. Jay Simpson was ridiculous. A joke, mate. So about a week later, all three of them are there. Wow. We're like, what the hell's going on here, mate? He's actually backed him up. But Russell Stay, as a manager, was just lucky for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he had these big characters come in, didn't know what to do with them. And the next minute, he's going to Cardiff on a bumper deal, man. But that didn't end too well. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, I spoke to Scott Cutter, but he says, ask, him, uh, ask Marvin about the chairman. The chairman thanked Darius Henderson for showing up the second time. <laughs> Sorry, Hendo. Have you ever come across Hendo? No, I don't think so. Right, just big like, boy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dangerous boy, by the way. See, when you used to play fight with him, horrible guy, mate. Like, put you in arm locks and that. Right. Like, but yeah, Hendo was a uh, Hendo was bothered, so he just came there for the cash. He would be yeah. the first to admit that. So Hendo used to turn up sometimes. Sometimes he, it's like playing fights with your mates. Sometimes they would come. Sometimes he wouldn't. So we had a game, and Hendo's meant to be starting, and we're looking around like, where's Hendo? Hendo's not here. His kit's laid out. There's nothing under his space. So the boys are calling him, Hendo, Hendo, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm just leaving my house. I'm not joking. At this point, we're getting ready to go and do the warm-up. So it's like 20 past two. So Why? I'm just leaving my house. I'll be there soon. This is how crazy the club were. They were going to start. They told the chairman he's on his way. He's going to be about an hour, hour and a half. They said, start with 10 men. <laughs> like, how can you start with 10 men? He's like, just bring him on. Because Hendo was on absolute cash. So just, we'll just bring him on. So anyway, we started with 11 men. Hendo turns up. And the chairman's like, put him on now. You can see the chairman... From the top, the gantry, shouting down, put him on, put him on. We're like, what? Like, seriously, oh, 25, 30 minutes into the game, he's wanting someone subbed off. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't put him on. I think Henry would have probably refused. But then at halftime, he came down and did this thing and said, Daddy, thank you for coming. And Henry's like, no problem, where's my cash? But like, Henry didn't care, mate. <laughs> thank you for coming. <laughs> didn't care, man. But do you know what he cash to stay up the last three games? Yeah. And this is how bad we were, right? So we were struggling. Like, honestly, our squad was a joke. The amount of money he invested was an absolute joke. So we had this, uh, this driver. They used to have like a Rolls Royce. He used to like park underneath. We had a driver, Tyrone from Snatch. He's in, he's in Tyrone, the big black guy. Yeah, yeah, from Snatch. Right. Yeah. So, cool suck. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we saw his driver, like this proper fat, like, like black guy used to come in and he was massive. And I remember one day saying, he's not just a driver. Like he didn't have like chauffeur stuff on, he like jeans and a top and that. <laughs> Like, who's this guy? It's one of the other Italian guys. And he's like, that guy's loaded. And I was like, what do you mean loaded? Like, rich? He's like, no, gun. I was like, what? 
<laughs> no chance, man. So anyway, like they call a meeting a couple of games to go. Him and Tyrone come up. So Tyrone's got a briefcase. It's like, right, decent. What's going on here? It's like, you players are shit. So I'm like, right, this is not the this is not the best start to the meeting. He, he's like, but you stay up, I will pay you. I'm like, oh, whatever. I've been promised loads of stuff. And Tyrone just puts the briefcase on there, mate. Opens it up and it's just full of cash. You win three games, you get this. I'm like, right. Like, How much change was that? A lot. Like, at 50s, mate, a lot. I'm guessing, I'm not saying, yeah. cap, I'm guessing over 100k, 100k, wow. mate. No way. I swear, big Tyrone just opened up, mate. That's it? Just let you see it and then close it and just look, you the, look you in the eye, mate. That's it? Yeah, you better win. I think we lost two and, and drew one. I think Swindon beat us. I think Swindon relegated us the final yeah. day. Easy say. No, I think I was a bit that time. You're away. Was that where um, Kazim, Kazim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then boys in the, TV yeah. Bopping it, mate. Bopped so I'm thinking, right, 100k's on the line. I'm going to give it everything. Couldn't get near them. I was like, wow, <laughs> man. Good team. Oh, and what was, what was the reality TV show? What was that? <laughs> so he's like, he said, oh, I'm going to do a reality TV show. Because he had like an Albanian TV channel, like their version of BBC. He owned it. So he brought across all these players. And he's like, right, I'm going to do this reality show. Um, all these boys from Italy. So like, they would come into like the lunch hall and they would have like, their food would be unbelievable. Like platters and stuff, like their food was So great. these were rea- reality TV stars coming to Leighton Orient? Coming to Leighton Orient, but they were two different kind of teams. So they would train on one pitch, we would train on the other. So there'd be all cameras around their pitch, like all the new balls, like unbelievable <laughs> kit, and we'd have all the shit. <laughs> so we're like, what's going on? Like we're actually in the league and these are just like, do you know what I mean? Trying to, they're on a show. So you go into lunch and like, their food would be unbelievable. And then we've got like, Almost like we're in prison, man, like slops. And they're like, how, how is this fair? And then he, he came in and said, and we were like, you know, it's unfair. Why have they got good food and we've got bad? He said, because they make me money and you lose me money. <laughs> so I just like, how you See, at that time, did you have enough of it? No, I was done. What do you mean? Honestly, man, man yeah. I was done. Yeah, I was like, I'm retiring after this. I was like, I can't take this. Like, if we go down, I was like, that's me, finished. We had like four or five managers in, in, in that time as well. We were sacking managers after games. Like, even though we were doing well, like I said about the centre, like just, just sacking people, oh, hiring a manager. The manager told me he could talk English, comes to the first meeting, and there's no English, there's a translator, and he wants to sack him after. He's like, and then two years later, the, the guy's gone. Just like, so how, you, how did he know in an interview that he couldn't speak English? Because in the interview, obviously they're both Italian, so oh, the so guy's talking it. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. It was, it Wait, was would you crazy. Be, seeing times like that at clubs, would you be vocal through the season that you weren't happy to the owners? Or? Nah. No. With Tyrone there? Nah, fuck nah, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was saying I was happy. And I was, ah, you're yeah, still but, trying, do you know what I mean? You're still yeah. trying to keep the team up, but it's a shambles from the top, man. It was a sh- And he had enough because he invested a lot of money and we were getting worse by the week. So he probably thought, well, what's the point? He was bringing players from everywhere. Wow. Absolutely. Like I said, the centre. So what was the centre? What was it, the centre story? So the centre was obviously a left back, played like Liverpool and yeah. stuff. So oh, that the centre? Yeah. Wow. Played for like Italy, yeah. Napoli, and like Sunderland in the Premier League. He was at Orient? Yeah, they signed him. So he was one of the big signings. So the centre came in, by the way, lovely guy, full of cash. Again, like Darren Anderton, yeah. full of cash, mate. Everything he's got is cash. Like in, he was saying, oh, I'm going to go to the bookies and I'm going to bet that he's a massive gambler. I'm like, oh, whatever, Andreas, like lying. And he'd pull the money out of his wash bag and be like, all right, he's not wow. lying. But we had a game anyway, 1-0 down at halftime. Chairman comes down doing his usual thing. Tyrone's in the background coming through as well, like squeezing through the door. <laughs> so like, right, what's going to go on here? Chairman's like, right, put him up front. And we're looking around like, who? Because in that corner, it's like me, the centre, like the defenders all together. Yeah. Like Scotty Cuthbert would have been there as well. Like, can't be like one of us. 
put him up front. He said, this league is so bad, I pay him 17,000 euros a week. He must score. He must score. These players are so bad. And we're all sitting there thinking, mate, I'm giving you everything. Like, I'm feeling like I'm the prime Marvin Butler. You're telling me I'm rubbish. Like, do you know what I mean? There's not more, much more I can give you. So... The manager's so the manager like, do it? No, nah, so the manager's like, oh, okay, okay. So the chairman's gone back upstairs. Didn't do it. Won the game 2-1. So the chairman's coming back down again with Tyrone modelling through. And we're like, he's going to be buzzing here. Like, probably give us a bit of cash. So he said, oh, boys, well done. Well done for winning. And he said, you see you, the manager. So the manager's smiling. He's like, you are fired. <laughs> we're just sitting there like... Because you never put the same up front. Because you didn't put him up front. <laughs> we're like, are you serious? Man, wow. so terrible. And he signed another striker like Plasmati, uh, an Italian boy from... And he was the worst player I've ever played with at any level. Sunday league level to professional. The worst player. Worse than Roger. <laughs> Worse than Roger, <laughs> mate. Roger would have marked him out of the game. And he was on 9,000 euros a week, man. No way. Because when he was bringing in the Italian boys, they used to leave their contracts about. They didn't care. They didn't care, mate. But it was, honestly, some of the English boys there were a nightmare. There's one boy there, I won't mention him, but he got like four or five contracts from them by constantly saying, I want more money. Because he was a golden boy at this time. Right. He was, and the fans loved him and he worked social media so well. And he was getting contract after contract after contract, mate, until they just had enough of him. And what they did to him in the end is they released him after the deadline had closed so he couldn't play for anyone else. And now he's just like kicking about in non-league. But he made a fortune from them Because there was a well. few older boys at that time. I remember Rowan's and Lee Cook. Like, they were older, experienced boys yeah. who played in the Premier that. What were they? What were they, 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 they went. Then? So they went. They, they, went? they went. Yeah, they had gone the season before I'd went oh, there. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, because those boys wouldn't have been having that. No, they no wouldn't chance. have done that. Huh? No way. Dysfunctional, mate. Talking of dysfunctional, put your socks up on the... You got on socks on? What? When's an uncle sock? That sock's tiny, man. So when did I get enough a late Orient? Or did, or did your contract run it? Yeah, my contract ran out. Um, I got offered a new contract, but it was dependent on staying up. From the Italians? From the Italians, yeah. How did that come, Vogel? So just like, this is your contract. You And it was like, you will sign if we stay up. Um, if we go down, then maybe not. That was it. That's what right. he said. So he gave it to me and there was no negotiations. Like, that's the contract. You'll be signing that. Then we got relegated that, that year. So in the summer, they actually called me and said, oh, like, we can offer you a contract on reduced terms. But honestly, I had enough. I was like... Willing to walk away from football is that bad then? Wow. I was on a holiday. I remember getting a call and I just like said to my missus at the time, I was like, nah, that's not for me. Like, I'm actually done with football. Like, the, the way it ended at Burnley, which was my fault, and then the, the time there, I was just like, it's been like two and a half years of just madness. And is that when Hibs came in for you? Yeah, yeah. So was that, it other teams at yeah. that point? So yeah, other teams in England. So but they were like League One teams. So right. like Notts County and that were in, in League One, and there are a few other like Bristol Rovers and League One teams are coming in. And I just thought to myself, there was no spark in me. Nah. For the first time, I just thought, what's the point in going to go, like, yeah, I'm going to be able to earn a living, but I'm not actually enjoying this anymore. It's almost like going back to that academy days at Reading. I'm back to that kind of mindset. I'm not enjoying this anymore, you know? And people think, well, you're so lucky to play football. But at that point, I didn't feel that way. So I was like, saying to those teams, oh, I'm going to leave it, I'm going to leave it. Um, and then Hibs called me and I didn't know about Hibs, if I'm honest. You know, I didn't know a lot about Scottish football other than Celtic Rangers, and I knew about Aberdeen a little bit. Mm. Um, I called my brother and said, right, Hibs came in, and he was like, well, Hibs are like a massive club and whatever else. And I wasn't really keen on it, if I'm honest, either. Right. Um, but when I came up, I met Graham Matthew and you know, showed me around the stadium. Good guy, Graham Matthew. Oh, class, man. Yeah, class, still speak to him now around the training ground, and I was like, you know what, I'm sold on this, let's do it. So who phoned you for Hibs? Can you remember? Was Graham Matthew. Was it Graham yeah, Matthew that phoned you, huh? pest, man. Because he does it, mate. He's he does all the analysis. He'd have known. He'd have been somewhere. Yeah. He'd have known everything about you. Yeah. Matthew, yeah, they don't give up though. Nah. Like cause the first couple of times, I was like, nah, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Like I'm not too sure. And he's like, I oh, just come up and I'll book you flights for you and your brother. 
Honestly, like if I had birds like Graham Matthew, mate, I'd be sorted. <laughs> but instead, I don't. So, so is your brother your agent, man? No, I just like you've never I had an you, agent. I had an agent at the start. Well, I got done over, didn't I? At the start by one, and ever uh, I've been mindful ever since mate. then. Yeah. So my brother just deal with everything. Like, for what has helped me do it? Do you know what I mean? I know what I want. I know the money I want. I know what I can live off and what I can't live off, kind of thing. So do it myself. And I think honesty is the best policy. I was going there and I say to them, "This is what I want. Can you do it?" Yeah. I, mean, I just thought they had perhaps in the championship. Championship. Yeah, yeah. We're in the championship. I think that might have put a lot of players I've gone with it, no, down in that league. But when, to, to be fair, maybe that's one of the things I was thinking, but when I came up and saw the facilities, I was like, wow. Like yeah. They, that, yeah. At training Burnley, games. we didn't even have, they just came out of the Premier League. We didn't have showers at the training ground. Wow. So I was driving to the training ground, like, it's about 15 minutes, getting full of mud, boys getting in your car, ruining your car, driving back to the stadium. <laughs> just like, what's going on? <laughs> So, so yeah. So had you came up to Hibs, no deciding whether you were definitely going to sign no, them? No, no, no. I just came up to speak to them. Just to, they said, "Come and see." That's how Did they Hibs said, pay for a flight in there? Yeah, yeah. That's how they sell it to you, though, because you see their facilities, mate. You're signing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, you're sorted. So. So as soon as you walk in the training ground, did you think? Yeah, Because yeah. to be fair, we're driving there, and it's in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like, "Fucking hell, man!" Like the things I've heard about Scotland, like all countryside, and that is coming true now. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a shithole. And we turned in there and went down, and I saw, it and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Right." Like that, that's for the first time I felt like, you know, I got that fire back again. I got that spark back. And that was just like before even speaking to me about money. I didn't care about money at that point because. Made enough, didn't you? Yeah, no, nah, I'd fleeced a few clubs already. So <laughs> it's fine, man. How much you make off Dan and Dan and Ron, Jay? A lot, mate. I was yeah. smashing, like. I can imagine. Smashing. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking now? He's probably betting on the first booking, weren't he? So there's a few of us that are mental. But so, probably, yeah. so he's making money. Yeah, he's making that's money. He's, he's giving me 100 quid. He's, he's making a grand, man. <laughs> so who was the manager of subs? Stubbs, Stubbs yeah, yeah. Alan Stubbs is the manager, so... Was he good? Yeah, he was good. He was good. He wasn't, uh, again, he wasn't a huge coach. He had John Doolan, who do a lot of his coaching. No. But again, Stubbs is a presence, isn't it? Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. He's kind of a big name, so... So, but, so Hibs are quite, before their time, isn't it? Like, Graham Matthew picking players and, and speaking to them, that's kind of the road set, like, are trying to go down now, isn't it? Yeah, the structure at Hibs is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, absolutely un- And they've always had it, because, you know, I'm a nosy bastard, so I used to go and speak to George Craig, who was there at the time, right. as head of football. I was like, why, is, why do you have this set up? And he said, well, if a man is ever to leave, nothing will change at Hibs because basically a lot of the people are employed by Hibs, whereas other teams, managers bring in six or seven staff members, mm. they leave and you're finished. Like, who takes over? Do you know what I mean? Like the under-10s manager or something. Yeah. So Hibs have got everything in place where that won't happen. So with the manager, does he have a say in the signings? He's a head coach, but he does have a say. But I think he'd be like, right, I want to hold him a fielder like this. And, and they'll give one. him three options. And then he'd be like, right, I want that one. So that's ah. third pick. And... So he, sorry, just around. here's one for you as well. So we're talking about director of football at Celtic. Graham Matthew was at Celtic. He was there when I was there. Was he? He's doing that job at Hibs now. Yeah, he's doing it at Hibs, yeah. There you go. Go and get him. Try and get him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay. Would you say He's, he's class, taught me. Yeah, he's he's good, taught, is he the he's best? Is it? Very, very he worked with Kendo as well. They've done the scout. Let's say like for a bit. Listen, we, we said it the other day. I think you've certainly got to get guys that know the game inside it. Simon instead of these guys that don't. But listen, you could do that job. I'm gonna suit on. <laughs> See if he can't assign you for selling no that suit. It's a no-brainer, lad. Close, close the door, man. Close the door, man. You'd rather sign for Dagger than Emperor's or that. to let you know it would be Tyrone, man. <laughs> Richard, but I have to time with a good teammate. Like, you probably wouldn't have known some of the players because obviously John McGinn wasn't the player he is now. Yeah, didn't know half of them, if I'm honest. I knew Liam Fontaine from playing down the road, so I spoke to him about how often the manager will let you go back and stuff. So obviously, my family was still down there. Um, but apart from that, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of them. Like, say, John McGinn, Dylan McGeoch. Um, like David Gray, Lou Stevens. So I met them all through being there, but I didn't know a lot about who them. Stood no. it, who stood it for you when you first went in? Uh, during that first probably six months, Dylan McGeoch was, was the best. Yeah, Good Tidy player, player. the best. Yeah, unbelievable. But his body was just broken, kind of I thing. Know. Like just mm. couldn't get a run of games. Um, but such a good player. What such a good just player. that tight situations. Everything. He could do everything. Right. And that's the thing. People would be like, oh, but he can't win the ball back. But he does. He just does it in a clever he way. Just nicks it, yeah, it? when yeah. I go and smash it into people, he just nicks the ball away and then he's off with it. Do you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people see that and be like, oh, well, he's not winning the ball back. Like, But he does. He's such a good player, man. Such a good player. See, man, definitely, Dylan, uh, is, is like you said, very good player. McGinn's went and played at that, that extra yeah. level. Why do you think that is? Well, you just said obviously you had the injury. Do you think that is? Or do you think there's something else? No, but McGinn's also physically like a yeah, specimen. Yeah, specimen. You know, you're like, Dylan doesn't have that. If you come and watch them both together, they'll both be very, very good players, but you'll take McGinn all day long because of his combative style, yeah. just the way he goes about the game. And you always look at Dylan thinking, you know, he's one tackle away from an injury because he mm. just, just nicks it. Yeah, That's just the way he plays. We went and seen McGinn last week, didn't we? Even his feet are strong there. Everything the about the guy. Feet, feet are so muscular. Yeah, like. just like everything about him. I, was speaking, I told him I'd come on it today. I was speaking about him, uh, speaking to him rather about a story with him in his Scotland pants, but I'll tell you that in a bit. <laughs> Scotland pants? Yeah. Was he big in the show? <laughs> no, no, no. What? Where are you going with this, man? I don't know. No, he's a fair side. No, he's a fair side. See, when you came up, was, was promotion the target? Like, did Alan Stubbs say we need to get promoted this year? He did, but the weird thing was that any fan I met was Scottish Cup. No one cared about promotion, which I didn't understand. I didn't yeah. know this history of not, you know winning the Scottish Cup for so long. So when fans are like, just win the Scottish Cup, I'm like, what about promotion? Like, that can wait for next year. It's like, what? Thinking like, yeah. what? That, no other team in the world want to stay in the championship but win the Scottish Cup or win their local cup. Um, but yeah, you know, for Alan Subs, it was promotion. For the, for the fans, it was the Scottish Cup. Did you get a flight in Edinburgh, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I was in there for a little while and then I moved. I got, got a Rottweiler, so I couldn't... Staffy, same as singing. <laughs> My Rottie, he's, he's a big boy, so I couldn't walk him. 
Uh, in the city centre, there was like all the parks now were too busy, so I had to move out of it. But yeah, I was in Edinburgh for the first bit. You're trying to get a dog, aren't you? Where get a boxer? Yeah. Uh, got bonkers, isn't it? Bonkers. <laughs> Swear God, bonkers a dog. But just on on Mercedes matters, my Rangers and Hearts were in that league that season. I mean, I tell you one thing, that league was fierce. That's a one-off though, isn't it? Having you know, yeah, yeah. And the matches, yeah. Simon, the, the matches were unbelievable that season. Mm. How enjoyable was that? Unreal. Like, to play um, against Rangers, like, and play Ibrox and stuff was frightening because obviously Rangers said the two teams I knew about, but their team was so good, man. Was that? Aye? So, yeah, so good. Because we were, like, head and head with them for a bit and then they just went into overdrive. They popped it at you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Aye. And Hibs, but I'm sure, and I could be wrong here, did Hibs and Rangers have a wee bit of beef going on? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Scott Allen, Scott yeah, Allen yeah, stuff. Scott Allen, yeah. Because he was meant to go there. But even the players, yeah. it was, it was not, it was not. Yeah, it year, was. It? I think it's because we, I don't know. I think it kind of overspilled from what was happening in like the boardrooms and stuff onto the pitch, and there was just no respect. Like it was just the games were crazy, man. Who were you directly up against? Is it Halliday? Halliday would have been playing. Yeah. Did you smash um, each other? Did you just go? Did you just argue with each other? Was he mouthy? Yeah, did you yeah, get I was me so mouthy. Hey, what would he say? Come on, so tell us. Ma- so mouthy. You'll pull him up first. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we all like it on the pitch and that, but he'd be like, "You're shit," like, like, like giving <laughs> you all that, like <laughs> proper, proper mouthy. Now, to be fair, I love that as well. So I'm yeah. just like, yeah, not a fair play to you, mate. You're probably right. And then oh, League Cup final. That's brilliant, by the way. No, but he's got to League Cup final, Ross County. Yeah, yeah, got League Cup final, yeah. So um, I think we lost one 0 like right at the end. Yeah. They they scored. I remember them crossing the ball and Liam Fontaine's gone to stretch and was two one, gone to direct it to like off the pitch and he directed it to their guy and he scored. But we battered in that game. Yeah. Going into that game, we were so confident we could beat them. That was kind of that game was kind of when the Hibs started, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the first time I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "What's this hipster?" And then the boys explained it. I was like, "Fucking hell, man!" So that was the first time I'd heard it. Um, But I remember coming back to the stadium and like Leanne had sorted out for all the families and stuff to have a party at the top. So you saw all like the balloons and that as you were walking back to your car, thinking, "Yeah, we we have hipster." So seeing that team, Marv, you just there to sit and let like McGinn yeah, and yeah. McGee go so play. So this is the first. See when I was down in England, I was like box to box. This is the first time I came in and just say like, play holding midfield. Um, you know, so it was a completely new role to me. I'd never played that role before in my life. Yeah. So I was there, yeah, to let, let them to obviously go and play. But to be fair, the first game I think it was Dumbarton away uh, when I signed for Hibs, and you've all been to Dumbarton, and I remember turning up and. I'm not joking, I never, like, I was flying home after that game and I got home and I said to my mum, I was like, I don't know if I can go back there. Because I thought all the stadiums were going to be like that. Because I'd seen the Hibs Stadium, yeah. buzzing, then I'm at Dunbarton and away. There's only one like, stand Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a huge, like, fucking, like, massive rock thing in the corner. I'm like, what is this? I'm playing this Saturday. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> awful. Oh, man, you killed him, man. <laughs> Honestly, I thought, wow, I'm back, back to, like, non-league kind of thing. Like, what, yeah. like, what is this? Did you think, what the fuck have I done here? Yeah, <laughs> massively. Like, they sold me a dream here because this, no disrespect to Dunbarton fans, like, but it's a shit hole. Like, <laughs> no, 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 compared to Hibs, like, do you know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. it's not great. So, yeah, it was hard, man. It was hard. He played in that famous 2-2 draw. You loved that game, didn't oh, you, My favourite game, Simon. Is me it your favourite game? Uh, me, game? me and Big Kev watched it, didn't we, all the time? <laughs> Hearts to each. Yeah, yeah. Is that back. one of your best games? You yeah, enjoyed yeah. Playing most, in? Yeah, most enjoyable. Who were you up against in that game? Uh, who, was, who was the fierce competitors? I can't, it was June there at that point. June, yeah. June was a good player, actually. I liked June. I can't remember. Do you know what? Going into those games, I didn't care who I was up against. I knew I was going to get the better of them. Love that. Love that. I've seen Time Castle, how in. As much as it's a horrible place yeah. to play, how enjoyable was that though? Um, the atmosphere is unbelievable. Speaking about just the other day, unbelievable atmosphere because they're so close to the ground. Yeah. Like it's honestly to the pitch rather. Is that the so best good. you've played in? Like for atmos- atmosphere? 
I would say so. I genuinely think would it's, you? yeah, yeah. It's up there and talking about obviously having Celtic Rangers there as well, but it's unreal. Cause, and I'm getting abuse from like 90% of them as well, but I enjoy it, man. I enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Think so, always good, lovely, Both, lovely yeah. stadium. They've come for you, didn't they? Yeah. At all angles, yeah. they yeah, first yeah, come exactly. for you. But I like, should be in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't want people being nice to you. See, playing that, I wanted to ask you as well, it's not in the questions, but t- Kevin Thompson was there when you were there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Did yeah. he help you with that? Because he was a master at that sitting room. I played on yeah. him and he was brilliant at it. So yeah, Thomas was, yeah, he was brilliant help, like obviously passing on his knowledge to me and, and whatever else. So I said, I've not done this before. Um, so he, he was a huge help. I think he actually came on in it or he started that game as well against yeah. Hearts. He started, um, that's right. That's started. what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Tomo was a huge help and obviously going to be like a really good coach now. See, Si, I remember a couple of years ago, was it with James Keatons? Yeah, yeah. For, for a Tony Max. And me, James... <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 I'm going to give you vouchers, huh? <laughs> no, wait, who paid for it? James Keatons. <laughs> and, uh, and me, James Keatons, uh, a brilliant me boy, isn't he? Oh, he's a lovely boy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a lovely boy. He said at that time, I could see in his wee face, that he said that that was the best team spirit he'd ever seen. Was yeah. it special, that? Yeah, thing? yeah. Like, honestly... You played in England, like going down into changing rooms. Normally, like there's there's, there's clicks and Clicks stuff. You can't speak to everyone. I genuinely mean this. Going into that dressing room, you can speak to anyone. Didn't matter who was in there. You know, you never felt uneasy. How does that happen? I mean, is that mm. player? How does it that be special bond, Simon? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I've never had it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be luck. It has to be because mm-hmm. honestly, that dressing room, everyone got on, and I still speak to all of those players now. Every single one of those boys, I would have been in contact with in the last month. Even That's, James Keatons. Yeah, even Keats, man. He doesn't speak to him, do you? <laughs> yeah, still speak to him, mate. <laughs> Who was it? Was it a, a certain guy that would bring everyone together, or did it just happen? Anyone could, yeah. Like Martin Boyle, who's he's off his rocker. Good Jason guy, Cummins, um, McGinn at times. Everyone was funny within their own right. But not everyone was the same. I think that's why it worked. You had like some boys were a bit more serious, and you had the boys you had to rein in at times. But the dynamics of the dressing room just worked, man. Just don't Cummins, are you any stories for this <laughs> that you can tell? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I've already got that I can tell, man. I'll tell you off camera. Right. Cummins, yeah. He's, he's a great lad, though. Great, he? great guy. Um, you know, it's probably time he grows up now, though. But he's, he's a, he is a brilliant guy. You, you know, you want the best for him at all times, but he's just a big kid, man. Yeah. Just a big kid. Good. Uh, Stokes said we've had loads of stories on here about his time keeping. Was he the same as Unbelievable. Stokes used to get away with murder. The amount of times his boiler broke and made him late was <laughs> unreal. Like again, Stokes one of them people. Like you know, I heard stories about him before him coming, and I and I get on with him so well now. Like when you're around him, he's such a great guy. When he's away from football, you can't you can't control him, yeah. and that's the problem. And there's no doubt in his ability or anything else like that. But yeah, Stokes was late all the time, man, all the time, and he just couldn't help himself. And with managers, just put up with. Yeah, like, under Stubbs at times, like, I think he went through, like, a spell as well. He doesn't score for ages. And I was like, this guy's lost his powers and he's late. How's he still starting? Do you know what I mean? He's I know, but see if you're playing shit, you're getting time every day. Yeah, that's what I mean. But he was coming late. A couple of times, I'm not joking, we were training, like, physically training, and Stokes is walking in. Like, I'm like, Stokes, what are you doing? Like, why are you so late? Oh, whack. Like, my boiler broke. Shit, yeah, yeah, whack, mate. Whack, like. I love that. I love that whack part. And what was it? Look, were you Livingston this season? Did they just know? Like, Fans set the pitch. Couldn't trade Martin Dill's fans. <laughs> Martin <Dill's> fans. <laughs> so they said they were going to sign him, and I was like, "Listen, ability-wise, there's no problem with Stokes at all. You know, I tell the same thing to him. But how long you'll stay around for, I don't know. And he just, he just struggled. Yeah, he struggled with the pitch. Couldn't get fit. Um, it'd been a while since he played at any sort of level, yeah. and he just couldn't, couldn't get it back. So you just on comments, obviously, I know you are an angry man when you're playing. What, what did you think when he dinked that penalty? 
disbelief, if I'm honest. Like, at, like it's one of those that as soon as you ran up to it, you're like, this guy's gonna do something stupid. Did you really? Yeah, you, yeah. You actually just had that. You feeling knew, yeah, he's gonna do something stupid, man. And when he dinked it, it was probably a good six or seven yards from the goal, and it was already over. So it's just, and it's rising. I'm like, what's he done here? Like, and it just goes flying, and he's like, just does that with his hair. <laughs> Like, coming, man, like, what the hell? Did anybody slaughter him? Yeah, he went in, the boys went through him, man. I just kind of left him. What, in the dressing room after it? Yeah, no, it was, that was in the first half. Half time. Yeah, so yeah, half time, time. yeah, yeah. Boys went through him. But I just left him because I was just thinking, it's not going to help now. We're probably going to need him. Do you know what I mean? His head hadn't gone, he didn't care. He hadn't care. He's like, well, none of you had the balls to take the penalty. She's going to miss the penalty and, and saying that. So, see, if you weren't going to them, who would be the other ones in the, in the team that would... Like, uh, Fonts or you know, David Graves. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Um, David Gray could be an angry man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even Louis Stevenson was pissed off, man. And he's no like, way. Louis I Stevenson swear, was pissed off. He's a puppy that says nothing normally and he was pissed off, man. Do you know what I mean? A lot of the boys are raging, but come here, to be fair, there is a story. We went away to... Uh, this was before the final, the Ross County final. Right. We got taken to Marbella under Stubbs. So it was a week-long train. I don't know why we didn't have a game. It was a week-long train anyway before it. So on one of the days, Stubbs was like, right, we can go for some food, have a few drinks and whatever else. So like, all right, cool. And I'm looking around and you're seeing Martin Boyle, James Keatons, Cummins, and you're letting these boys have a drink. Stokesy. I'm like, this is going to go fucking wrong. Chris Dagnall. So we're out having our food and that. There's a, there's a man like playing a guitar and as he's walking through, some of the boys have ordered red wine with their dinner. And that table, it was actually Keats, um, Cummins, Boyle, Stokesy, and somebody else. So you've turned around and they've ordered shots. So like, nah, what's going yeah, on? Shots with that, I love that. I mean, that's a wild table, that. Yeah, but it's not like a shot each. They've got a tray of shots in the middle of their table. So I'm like, nah, that, that's fucked. That's going to go left. And the manager and that are down the front. So we were at the back as players, but there's also other people in the restaurant. So anyway, we were in there for like probably a good two hours. And these boys are ordering trays of shots. So they're on like four or five trays in. So we had to walk back to the coach. It's probably about a five minute walk. And that table will turn on each other, mate. They're all arguing. All arguing, going mental. How come he's saying, oh, like, blah, blah, your mum this, your mum that. And we're like, boys, chill out. Like the, the public around us as well, like just chill out. So they're arguing. We get on the coach and two of them are still arguing, Cummins and another one. So I'm sitting down and there's like probably like four rows of seats between them. And they're, they're both up now, arguing each other. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. So they're like, boys, chill out. So they started going towards each other and they pushed each other in the face where they're just both pissed and both gone back a bit. So I've stood up and grabbed this boy and so my back's to them and Cummy's throwing a punch and punched me in the face. <laughs> so like, like what's, what's actually happened here? Was, like, this, was that a good punch now? Nah, terrible. Terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even expecting it. I'm yeah. facing the wrong way and I've grabbed the guy and he's, he's punched me in the face. So I'm like, come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, oh, let go of him, let go of him or you can have some as well. <laughs> and I'm holding the guy I'm turning around like, Come on, come on, mate. Like, come on, just go and go and like chill out. And then Paul Hanlon's got up and pinned Jace to the, the seat and said, like, enough, like, enough of it. And they're arguing. Stubbs has finally got up and said, like, boys, that's enough. So we've got back to the to the hotel and, and we're starting to walk off. So they said, right, come as you go off first, and then the rest of us will follow. He's like, oh, do you know what? Fuck you. Good luck in the final. Like, this is leading up to the final. So obviously he's a star boy at this time. So he's yeah. like, good luck in the final, basically, without me. He's got off, he's on the phone to his agent, book me a flight, book me a flight. So Keats has got off after him. They've all walked off. I've taken the other boy back. We've gone back to our rooms and I'm sharing with Chris Dagnall. So like, Dags, that was crazy, wasn't it? Dags like, yeah, yeah. So I'm laying in the bed and so Dags now and Stokesy calls Dags. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on there? He's like, oh, Stokesy's calling me. I was like, right, pick up. 
So, so, do you want to go out to Dags? This is about half ten, eleven at night. The manager said, on no uncertain terms, do not go out. And we're in the middle of nowhere in Marbella, by the way. How they found us hotel, I don't know. So you're a taxi ride away. So Dags is like, yeah, fuck it. Got up, put his clothes on. So him and Stokesy have gone to go out. The reception's probably a couple minute walk. So they've gone anyway. I've stayed in bed. I said, Dags, take your key because I'm going to sleep. About five minutes later, I hear a knock at the door. So I'm like, Dags, where's your key? I gave you a key. He's like, oh, mate, like, I don't know. I've lost it. Five minutes later, by the way, right. open the door, fire extinguisher, them two wankers, <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> spray me, mate. And because it was like, it was like a powder, um, a powder thing. So like my skin started itching straight away. I'm like, what is that? What have you sprayed on me? The room's just like fucked, mate. Absolutely gone. And them two ran off like laughing to, to go into town or whatever. And I remember the next day, like the cleaners have obviously gone in. The room's finished, by the way. Oh, All our clothes are fucked. And they've said to them, like, what's going on here? And they got, they got a massive fine to be fair. I had to pay for the room, yeah. The room was ruined. Like, they had to repaint the room. Like, everything was completely done. No, see, with the... With, with I spread it to a good dog. Like, I, but I went, did nah, you... It, it, well, it was me that sprayed that. I liked it for someone nah, else. else. Did you need to sometimes put a wee in coming and Keatons and guys like that? Yeah. If it went a bit too far? Or yeah. not too far, I don't mean it that way. Yeah. But see, when you're a bit wild or you're a bit... It's always good when I see your player almost. Yeah, yeah. Cummins more than Keats. Like Cummins like, like Jace, calm down. And he would instantly. Yeah. He would know, like, it wasn't one of them he would like push against you other than when he punched me in the face. But do you know what I like about that, Marv, is there'll be certain senior players when they see a young guy who's been like that, who'll go against him and almost go to the manager and stuff and sort of go so by his bag instead of trying to help him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Him, yeah, yeah, you would definitely try and help him because you couldn't be like hard on them all the time because Cummins doesn't react to that. And nor does Keats, to be fair. Like, do you know what I mean? You have to yeah. say to them, like, lads, like, just chill out. And they always would. They're, they're great boys. Right, mate, when we talking about the burger and chips, there's a guy that liked the burger and chips, Conrad Logan. <laughs> Conrad, mate. Was he was con- a hero. Oh, do you know what I mean? Wow. Conrad. Especially in that game. Wow. Uh, was that his first game? Yeah, his first game. Thinking, Who the fuck Yeah, yeah, first game because we had a... The goalies were injured. So I knew him from England, but he right. had like a bad ACL injury. So he used to be thin. Right. And then they were like, oh, I was signing Conrad Logan. I was like, how are we getting him? Because he's decent. And he came up and I realised why we were getting him because he was massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the boys were like, obviously he had like comes in that and they're like, who's that fat guy? <laughs> I'm like, he, they said, Marv, he said he was good. I was like, no, nah, he used to be, but he was a, he was a state, he was out of shape, huh? but he still had it. Yeah. Class, mate, man. some of these saves were unbelievable. Class, like unbelievable. Like, Is he a legend, the guy? Yeah, yeah. Great Don't guy. That like, Everyone loves him as well, like around his, but yeah, really, really good guy. And, no, Leicester kept him around for years, even though he was like that sort of state. So it shows you how good he actually yeah, was. Yeah. Like. I always love fat goalies. Do you remember his performance in that, that game? Dundee United, weren't it? Dundee United. I, I, think, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's starting to come back Unreal. to me now, Simon. I. And then, was it penalty saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And then that, you win that semi-final. Mm. Like, was that when you were aware of the significance of not winning it for so long? Yeah, that's when like all, a lot more pressure was then put on. Because obviously at the start of when, me coming up here, people brought Scottish Cup, Scottish Cup. But then when you get that far... Then the pressure's on you, like to you need to go and win this now. And yeah. obviously, you're playing Rangers, and you're thinking, Fuck, I mean, they've like pumped us in the league. The only good thing about playing Rangers is that we knew we were in the Championship playoffs. They had four weeks off because they won the league. That's so because right. the Scottish Cup was so much further along, you know, they had four weeks where they. That's were not what you want, is it? Four no, weeks. Exactly. No, exactly. No and I think that was the equaliser, if I'm honest. If we'd yeah. have played them like a week after the season finished for both of us, they're in a lot more difficult game. Um, but yeah. So I used to hate that in South. You'd get through to play a final and you wouldn't play for like two, two and a half weeks. Yeah, it makes no sense. Boys were going to Marbella and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, in between. Just yeah. to play a final, man. That's horrendous, isn't it? Strange, isn't it? Uh, it's crazy. So, because you were in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, we were in the playoffs. So, um, we had, I think we played Full Cut. Full Cut knocked us out, actually. So, because we were in that, the, the 
obviously the playoff, the sorry, the cup final got pushed back. Right. So that's why it was so far ahead. Um, but they were they were obviously fuming with it because they had finished their league. But I think they went away. Yeah. And then they coming back to play Tottenham in a friendly and whatever else. But it's not the same, is it? Nah. Not the same. You see, and I've got a great memory. See on the final, was it true? You and Henderson get left out the starting squad? Yeah. Line up, line up, yeah. So in our final playoff game, which was just before the final, Dylan actually got injured away to full cup. Right. Came off injured. And I think I played in every other round of the cup. So we got to the got to the final. And I kind of knew I wasn't going to play, but I I say I kind of knew. You always have a doubt that, you know, you're not one of the main starters, so you might not play. And obviously with those set midfielders that we had at the time. Um, so I remember the Stubbs pulled... Uh, Dylan at the hotel before we were leaving and we were speaking to him I assume saying are you fit to play you're okay to play so you spoke to Dylan I thought then he would at least speak to me and say this is where I'm going or, or that way which honestly I'm I'm fine with that you know I just say Marv I'm going with Dylan Dylan's a fantastic player mm. offers this whatever that's absolutely fine let's go and win the final the thing that pissed me off we got there I didn't have any idea what was going on I thought I was playing I was in the shape and stuff leading up to it and then he named the team that I wasn't playing and f- I'll be honest with you for that 30 seconds I had to go to the toilet yeah, yeah, it could go back to the 18 year old Marvin here, and nobody wants to see that man. So, yeah, my head was gone, right? Absolutely, but it's just a bit of respect, isn't it? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just 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 pull me in and say that. But Stubbs didn't like that confrontation, they didn't like that side of football management. He didn't like that's getting yourself even more confrontation when you did stuff like that, yeah. But it's a cup final, so yeah, it's the end of the season. I'm not going to see him again see for another, after. you know what I mean, six weeks because it's pre season coming up next, so. Yeah, that was frustrating, but you know, that's the respect I have for my teammates in the club. If that was late in Orient, I'd have went mental because yeah. I was just fucking the place was crazy. But I wanted the team to do well, I wanted the boys to, I wanted to win it. So, you know, I went to the toilet, calmed myself down, and came back. Is he even right. watching the game? He's still fuming on the bench. Eh? No, 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 no. That went, like, yeah, that 30, seconds, the game 30 seconds went, yeah. So even yeah. the warm for stuff, I was fine. Uh, it completely went. And as I said, that's my love for, for my teammates in the club at the time. Yeah. And which your memories on the games when you were watching it for the sidelines. Can you remember? I remember watching it thinking, like they started quite well, but then I think we broke away twice and Stokes scored on like almost like two breakaways, I think, or was involved in two of the goals. Um, so I was thinking, fucking, I might have a chance here. And then when it was getting like forever, I think Liam Fontaine came off injured and we made a change. And I remember having a corner right at the end and I was thinking, like David always spoke about like how he was going to attack the ball like off, off every corner. And I can't remember who was at the front, but someone quite small was at the front for them in the space. And obviously Hendo was on, on the corner and I thought, I, like, I didn't think he was going to score. I think he's going to get some sort of contact here and they might drop to someone who might score. But it was crazy, man. See, when it left Hendo's boot, and I don't know how the other players feel, but it's almost like you saw what happened before it happened. I swear to you. I swear to you. Sitting there, I promise you, you saw the ball hit the net before the ball hit the net, before anyone headed it. And I remember that, you know, I didn't even know it was David Gray who headed it. I remember someone headed it and it went in. And it was, it was crazy, like deja vu, mate. I swear to God. Who we sat next to the bench? Can't even, I, can't, I think Fonts had came off. So I was next to Fonts and then uh, Boiler, I think I was, was quite close to me as well. But it was crazy, man. See that noise, like, it was almost like from silence to eruption, man. Yeah. It was crazy, like fucking people going mental, like we're going crazy on the side. Like, unbelievable. Was that 90 minutes? Like 92 minutes. 92 minutes. That was it. Done. 
My heart was broken. Sorrow. That's what a what a deal. Oh yeah, and see when that got played after. Do you know what? There was one that was even better. I think it was maybe the the Hearts game. Yeah, yeah. Remember the video went viral. Fucking hell. He's been walking around after the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Oh, because I didn't know about that song either. I had no idea. And that first time when I heard it, wow. Like I, I can't explain because fans always talk about them singing it on the on the outside and whatever else. Being on the pitch, mate, I promise you, no better feeling. No. That's the best feeling I've had as a footballer. And like, a football after that, that yeah, game. yeah, hearing that, even like you know, scoring down in England or scoring up here, whatever, nowhere near hearing that song after the game, being on that pitch. Did you- and while the cheap is sunshine only, I'll thank you. We actually look a bit like the proclaimers. <laughs> I did, you don't. No, I did, yeah. Um, big man was the party in Wales for days after it. Oh, man, crazy. So we had to go meet like the men of the open top uh, bus parade and whatever the next day, but obviously we're just on the booze and boys are steaming. And it's probably, yeah, it was the next day. So some of the fans were in and like McGinn had a party around his uh, few of the boys. Obviously I went home because I'm a lightweight man. So I was like, oh, listen, I'm done. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm out of it. These you boys had, are steaming. You had somebody, steaming. but there's no idea of being a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these boys are steaming. So. <laughs> I just went on the road down the road. No, no, no. My missus was at home. Oh, was she? Yeah, right, yeah okay. I had a missus at the time. Um, so... These boys are all, all walking in, like all over the place, like wobbling about, man. Like David Gray's like completely gone, and nah, it was unreal. But about three days later, we were celebrating for a good week. Three days later, I got a call saying um, Martin Boyle's like here. No, Martin called me, sorry, and he's like, Marvin, he's come and get me. He was in town. So I was like, right, I'll drive and come and get you. Obviously, I was off it by this point, and. I drove into town and then someone called me from his phone saying, Martin Bulls here, you need to come and get him. I was like, where? And I was like, he's on George Street. So I'm driving, and that was it, they had gone. So yeah. I'm driving up and down George Street. I'm like, fucking, where is this guy? I cannot see him. I must have did it like three or four times. And I went past like a, a doorway and there's just a body on the you floor. Lying in the doorway. I swear, like, and I was like, that must be him. It has to be him. So I get out. And it's boiler man. He's stolen somebody's like sunglasses. He's got his tie like around his head, and he's just steaming. So I've like lifted him up, put him in the car, and got him home. But, but he loves it, doesn't he? I was it done. You were yeah, yeah. Is it, is it Jaeger? He just drinks Jaeger. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely straight, smashes yeah, the yeah. Is he mental? Good lad. Yeah, very, very good, good lad. lad. Yeah, he's a yeah. funny boy. Class, class. Mate, again boy. for a boiler man, he wasn't even getting a game at Dundee, and Dundee switched with Alex Hannes. And now he's, yeah, he's so now look at him. Boy. But even even then, it was it was Lennon who came in and changed boiler. Yeah. Changing completely, man. Suits him tough because Lenny loves wingers. Yeah, he loves Pacer yeah. and like. But I got talked about the scenes after the game. Oh, sure. Oh, the on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we all ran onto the pitch, and then suddenly you're just fucking surrounded, man. And people are throwing punches, and like this half are like celebrating, <laughs> and that half are coming, in and people are fighting, and the police horses are on. Yeah, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. But listen, no one wants to see those scenes, but you understand it. It'd been yeah. so so long. Um, because brilliant, like people lifting you up and. Did they, was any any players winch anybody on the pitch? No, any bugs? Golf in? No, I think amazing. No, 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 man. That'd be amazing, man. Did you see when you were out for a week? Was it just pubs or flats? Flats. Like, I go back anywhere. Pubs, go, like, go back to fan chases or that. Ah, no, McGinn's McGinn's got ruined, man. What McGinn's flat? Yeah, McGinn and McGill. They shared a flat. Oh, did they? Yeah, right? Constantly in there. Absolutely like... zero damage getting done that flat later. That's a waste that flat later, man. You know, getting done there. <laughs> what, would all the boys just stay over there for like a weekend? Yeah, just, just stayed there, like literally go from there to into town. 
Like McGinn's was the player. Even during the season. That's why he came in the Scotland pants because boys were wearing his boxers. He didn't have enough boxers. So wait, what was the story of the Scotland pants? Yeah, so I remember they came in one day and Dylan was, I sit opposite them. So I'll, I'll be like in the corner and Dylan was doing that to me about looking at McGinn. I was like, what? Like Dylan? But he couldn't talk because McGinn was right next to him. Yeah. And he's doing that. So I remember McGinn was getting unchanged. But he took off his his bottoms and his boxes in one, one swoop. swoop right? Yeah, so I was like, right, he's clearly hiding something here. But I couldn't look at that point. So when we came back in after showering and whatever else, Dylan's doing the same thing to me. So McGinn's gone to pull up his his bottoms and his boxes together, but he's put his leg in his boxes, but it's came out of his his bottoms. Yeah. And I've seen like the Scotland like crest on his pants. <laughs> so I'm, I've, I've actually got a picture on my phone somewhere. I have to find it. And I was like. McGinn! And instantly he just went red. He knew. Yeah. I was like, why have you got Scotland pants on? Because obviously when you go to international duty, I didn't know. They give you pants and right. boxers. So I was like, why have you got them on? He's like, well, I lent the other boys my boxers, so these are the only ones I had left. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, man. Like, you can't be wearing them, but. Mate, they brothers are the same because Paul used to wear John's gear into Dundee as well. That's <laughs> strange with the clothes, eh? And he had, he had his mum's pants on one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Stuff goes. Alan Stubbs, sorry, goes, Slinny. Oh, you tipped it. Unbelievable. <laughs> was it a massive surprise? Yeah. Because obviously, you know, winning the Scottish Cup. But I still think the club are disappointed in not getting promoted. Yeah. I think, you know, at that point, financially, if we didn't win the Scottish Cup, the Hibs were in real trouble, in massive trouble financially. Um, so, you know, promotion had to happen next season. I think, you know, he had the opportunity to go to Rotherham which is down the road, obviously, in the Championship, and he, he probably thought it was right for him, and the club thought, probably thought, you know what, you won a Scottish Cup, you can't achieve much more, can you? Yeah. So it's probably the right time for both. And then, and then your dad comes in. And then the main man. Yeah, class. No, I mean, the, as I always say, the biggest order in the game. I mean, I know me as a player, if I was in a summer holiday, Speedo's on, Simon, you know what I mean? But it's the da. Yeah. But the pubes singing at the same. Pubes singing at the same. each other. And then in the pool, and I hear Lenny's coming, holiday's ruined. And, no, and that, that's... Don't, please don't take that as in, mm. but he was so scary. Yeah, yeah. He had a presence, didn't he? Yeah. He had a presence to kind of like Sean And what did you think when he, when he heard that? Well, when, when, I knew he was, when he was getting it. Yeah, when I knew was, he was coming, so he, obviously it was during the summer, and then the first part I knew about him was he took Jason Cummins to, he was doing the Euros somewhere. I want to say it was in France, I can't yeah. remember. But he took Cummins there anyway, because he wanted to keep him. Um, so Cummins was getting hammered with like Lennon, Shearer, like all, the, all, the, all, the, all the pundits and that. So no, class. So then Cummins told me that story. I was like, oh, this guy seems decent. But one of my mates played him at Bolton. He said, listen, he's just, he's as honest as day is long, you know, straight down the line, whatever else. But he came in, did his first kind of uh, talk to us. And he said, right, he said, I'm getting promoted. So he said, I'm getting promoted as Neil Lennon. Hibs are getting promoted. He said, some of you lot will fall by the wayside because you won't want to do things the way I want to do it. But one thing I promise you is this team will be in the Premier League with or without you lot. So he said, I'll be a Premier League manager next season. So wow. he said, now we're going to go to work. That was it. This is how short it was. Now we're going to go to work. The ones of you think you can do it, come with me. The ones who don't think they can do it, get your agent to call me and get you gone. Brilliant. That was it, mate. Wow. That was it. And did, he have, did he have like a personal chat with you, Marvel? Was it? No, just like, he would, he would pull you out of training and whatever else. But my personal chat came with him probably like six weeks into it. So I think he's trying to work out who was who. Let's yeah. be honest, you don't know who the fuck Marvin Bartley is. You know what I mean? He's been a like massive clubs, he's working at Celtic and at Bolton. So, mm. you know, after a while, he kind of realised the dynamics of the changing rooms and he would, he would speak to like the, the older boys. How, uh, when do you realise how demanding he is? First training session? Yeah, first one. Just on boys ahead? On you. Yeah. First one, like, there was no respite. First one. See, that's how I wanted remember more, him, Wanted more, wanted you. more. Yeah. yeah, constantly. But like you said, the old school can deal with that. The new, the new school can't. And yeah. that ended up being, you know, what happened at the end. But, you know, for me, he was, he was brilliant. I could always deal with the way he spoke to me. Because, 
it was never personal. I never take things personally. You know, if you yeah. say something to me on a football pitch, you know, as a coach or a manager, it's, it's professional. It's a job, isn't it? You know, so I, I take that. But the younger boys and the, the new generation, they, they can't take it. And, and I understand it because it, some people think it's not right. See, I, I can actually remember it and it came out in the, the papers a couple of times that when Lennon went on these mental rants after some mm. games you had lost, but it was almost you had went on a good run and it maybe been one loss. How would the, see, when it comes to the Monday and then, how would the boys respond to that? I know you're saying younger ones, but see, in training or that, would they kind of be like switching off him a wee bit or? Yeah, after a while, because, you know, the difficulty is he was a perfectionist and we weren't perfect as players. I think one time he described us as odds and sods. Like he said, like, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, like the Harrods of players and now I've got the odds and sods basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some boys couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And after a while, you know, you start to think to yourself, you know, you start to lose the changing room. Yeah. And I think the, the turning point was um, we played Hearts away and we lost. I remember Louis Stevenson kept falling over. Everyone knows who he is. He's like one of the most honest professionals ever. Yeah. And, you know, Lennon kept saying to him, like, we're unprofessional as a group and you, you're unprofessional. And then it got to a point where we were like, come on, he's one of the most professional yeah. guys here. You can't keep saying that, you know, he's unprofessional. And I think that was the beginning of the end because he started talking about budgets and talking about next season and almost talking about he might not be there next season. Right. And obviously a club like the size of him, like, I'm really going to put up with that. And that was the beginning of the end for him. But see, at one point, he, he did have his playing some great football, eh? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But we were, we came up and we were like punching above our weight, so to speak. We were doing so well. We were yeah. like, I think we were like looking at like maybe third or even second for a point. And obviously we began to turn away and then losing to Hearts was the one that kind of meant that we couldn't catch the team in third place. But... You know, I think sometimes you have to like look at things and evaluate things and say, Do you know, what? we've had a good season, a kick on next season, but he couldn't get that into his mind. He wanted, he wanted to, to win, yeah, he wanted to win, but there's, yeah. you know, not all players can deal with it, um, and it just it just made things really, really hard. Who, who, was there was there certain players that reacted bad to him sometimes, and he, if he was screaming at the players, would certain guys be arguing back? Yeah, yeah. Some boys would argue back. Some boys you could see them go into their shell, which was, either of them weren't good because you're losing that player for that period of time. Um, but you know, sometimes I think he used to do things on purpose because he wanted a reaction out of you. Yeah. But sometimes it was a good reaction. Like if you shout at me, I'll you know I'll go and try and prove him wrong. But other people might be in the sense of, well, he's just on me now. My confidence has gone. And we tried to explain that to him at some time, and he did take it on board. But a few times, you know, a few of the older boys, he 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 went a bit too hard on. And when I say a bit too hard, I think it just went from kind of professional to it felt personal, yeah. and boys bit back. And you know. As, as a change room, we were very much together. So, because I was surprised how well Boyley done under, because no one Boyley, I didn't mm. think Boyley would be able to. They used to argue all the time. Did they? But Lennon used to love him. So yeah. he, he would call him whatever, everything under the sun on the training pitch and put his arm around him by the time they were walking in. So they had that kind of relationship. Yeah. I remember once we were doing shape and he said to Boyley, like, to do something. And Boyler was like, under his breath, like, shut up. <laughs> right. And I swear oh, to you, Lennon had the hearing of a dog. He was so far away. I was in between both of them. I didn't hear it. And Lennon said, what did you say? And oh, I was like, what did who say? And that, well, I was like, what? And I was like, what did you say? So I didn't say anything. He said, yes, you did. Like, effing get inside. But I was like, no. I kept trying to send him inside. He's like, no, I'm not going inside. I don't know if he went inside in the end, but Lennon went mental, yeah. went berserk at him and I pulled him in there and said, don't you ever speak to me like that again. But how did you Did you argue with him a lot? I wouldn't say we argued, but, you know, it was weird. It was more of a sense that I would try and protect the ones who, who wouldn't talk. So at times I'd say, like, Gaffer, yeah. like, come on. And then he would turn turn on me. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I made mistakes in games and he would go through me. But I didn't, I, I didn't mind that. Yeah. But at, at times, I think the after the Hearts game, I did the press. And we hadn't seen 
uh, nil for or maybe three or four days um, because I think we had like a couple of days off and then we had the press and he wasn't at training. Um, and they, they said to me, where is he? And I was like, well, I haven't seen him. We haven't seen him since the game. And he didn't respond to, too well to that. So when he came in, he was like, how did he pull me in and said, how dare you tell the press that you haven't seen me? I said, well, I haven't. He said, well, where were you on? I think it was like, this was a Friday. He said, where were you on Wednesday? And I was like, well, I was off. We were all off. It's exactly but I was in. I said, yeah, but I still didn't see you. Yeah. So they've asked me the last time I've seen you, but he was like, he was going through me. But in the end, like, you know, after that, he kind of understood my point and then we just kind of left it. How was that? How was the promotion, promotion party? Oh man, it was weird because we obviously got promoted and the final day we played St Mirren and the St Mirren assistant manager said something to our assistant manager earlier on in the season. Who's that, like, Gary Parker? Yeah, yeah. He, might have, he might have said something to him like, like you know, you look like you need a good wash or something like that to our assistant, right? So Something used to wash him. So, <laughs> <I can't> <laughs> so they, they hated St Mirren. So I remember we drew the game and I think St Mirren managed to stay up or something like that and you know, that's right, they stayed up the last day. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Lennon said to us in there, like, look at you, like, you couldn't even beat St. Mirren. Um, go on, go and get your promotion pie. And I, I can't remember if that came on the one before. I said to him again, you think you're a two million pound player? You're not even the best McGinn in your house or something like that. And he said to Boyle as well, your missus is better than you, like, giving it all that. <laughs> she plays plays as well. But he was raging. I'd never, like, we were going out to get the trophy. Like, go on, go and get your trophy. Go oh, and get yeah. your trophy. I'm not effing going out. I swear, raging. Because he was a winner. He yeah, wanted to win. I, I think Hibs needed that mentality. He, he wanted to win. I, don't, I, 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 think, like, I honestly the, the highest respect for him and I love the way he is, but I don't agree with that. Yeah, like, once we, I think when we, we had been successful at what we were trying to achieve, I think I could understand the disappointment. Yeah. But he did come out in the end and we lifted him up and a few of the boys wanted to drop him because he had shattered <laughs> <Sure>. up just <laughs> before. But, but was cool. And then the first year back, it was fourth behind Aberdeen and Rangers. Yeah. That's a, that's a successful season for your first season back, isn't it? No, exactly. But I think that's the season where he was... He was raging in the beginning. Of the end, we played Hearts towards the end of that season, season and yeah. they beat us. And he was he was fuming because it was on for us to finish third. You know, I think we began to like maybe get a bit nervous and messed it up a little bit. Yeah. And it was our first season back. He's played. Yeah. I remember it. I mean, some of the games you played with Celtic were brilliant. Beginning and Brown, yeah. the battles they two had. We should just go and attack them though. You know, we, Lennon had you in that mindset of go and attack them. If you go and sit behind the ball, they're going to punish you. Go and attack them and make them defend. And I think we drew with them a couple of times that season. I think two two. McGinn scored at. So it park against them. Yeah. I remember I got an assist because it ricocheted off me and he oh, took yeah, a... My, my mates were in the WhatsApp after, you got an assist? I'm like, yeah, boys, like, I crossed it in and whatever. <laughs> then they saw it and they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> was that his thing? You always attack, yeah. Attack them. Attack them. Show them no respect. Show them enough respect that they're good players, but attack them. We're not going to defend that. against them. Yeah. Why are we going to defend yeah. against them? We're going to get beat if we defend. That's my, that's my problem now, mate. And I say it in the podcast every week with certain teams in Scotland and they don't believe in their self. self whereas yeah. Neil Lennon and it certainly did. Yeah. Would he... Um, because when I was there, it was mere, it was always there, mm. the presence, but he never really coached. No, was yeah. he similar to same, yeah, same. He? yeah. Gary Parker took a lot of coaching, and they had Granty, who they promoted from the youth team. He would do a lot of the coaching as well. But to be fair, Gary Parker's assistant wasn't much of a big coach anyway. Mm-hmm. So without Granty, I, they'd have been in trouble, I think, yeah, on the coaching, on the coaching front. Part. But he's a, he's a motivator. You yeah. know, some of the stuff he used to Because you beat Rogers' team as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, he was unreal, man. Like, honestly, his motivation was Aye. frightening. Yeah. Like, I remember before like, we played Hearts and uh, we were probably five minutes before kickoff and he's like, take your shirts off. So he's like, what the fuck, man? I just got changed in that. A couple of boys done their hair. And like, so take your shirt off. And he's like, like, turn your shirt over and like with the badge facing you. So we're like, okay, cool, what's going on? And he's like, look at the badge. And he's like, know what that means to the people out there. But not only the people out there, people watching on TV and the people in Edinburgh. So go and win this game for them. 
Mm-hmm. So if you can't win the game for them, he said, think about your families, like go and win the game for your families, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, it's like, turn the show over. So obviously on the back of my eyes, Bartley said, there's your family name. He said like, so for every time you feel like you're getting tired, remember what your family are going to be like at home watching you. Wow. And he said, if you can't win it for all those people and that's not motivating you, so go and look in the mirror and win it for that person that you see in, reflect- in your reflection. Wow. And that's really good. God, uh, I was ready, mate. I was yeah. ready for war. They could have had as many players as they wanted that day. Yeah. We were ready for war, man. What would you have thought when you looked at the slain on the back? <laughs> I thought you should have caught up my face in the middle there. <laughs> so obviously, well publicised how it ended. Was it, uh, was it having Canberra that did this again? Yeah, so I think it got to a point where you know, we spoke about earlier, older players dealing with things and, and, and Flo, not the only one, but, but struggled with it. And Flo's a very talented player and the club knew that. Um, and they just were at loggerheads constantly. You know, I think um, Gary Parker came out and said something about Flo and saying we need more from him and basically putting it all on him um, in the press. And it's got to a point now, I think it was it was either Flo or the manager. You know, our, our form wasn't the greatest. You know, we weren't doing very, very mm. well in the league. So... You know, I think the, the club and, and Neil decided to go their separate ways. Was there a bad atmosphere at the place at that time? Yeah, yeah. there was. Um, I remember we had we had a meeting and, and Neil was very passionate, you know, and probably the way he would speak and, you know, how he projects his voice wouldn't be accepted within an office environment. And I remember someone had overheard a, a meeting we were having. And, and the funny thing, well, I'll say the funny thing is, for a Neil Lennon, um, you know, meeting it was a four out of ten in terms of how crazy you can go right. i was going to go a lot crazier than that but i think just hearing these things and everything that was happening and us not doing well and you know, i think in a meeting he was saying like i remember i made a mistake it was against motherwell and like boys were making mistakes and he was hammering them and you know when it's coming to your one i was thinking nah, please please analysts please have saved me and not put mine in there yeah. and the ball comes to me and like i could have passed to nine other green shirts and i give it to their their player uh-huh. and he's gone and you you big I'm getting rid of you. I'm going to replace you. And I was like, I was in that team by then. I was like, do you know what? Do it. Because I don't play anyway. Yeah. I said, do what you want, man. I've given up. But yeah, that, that meeting had gone for a lot of us and it got overheard and, and that was kind of the end for him. But it's like this season, I don't think you had that side. I, I don't think you can. I, I think when you go, no respect to us at Hibs, but I think when you go to a, a bigger team with boys on bigger money, you right. can't have that, that, that mindset or that attitude towards stuff. Because boys will just be like, well, I'm, I don't care. And yeah. I'll sit on my money and I won't play. Yeah. You're going to replace me? No, you're not, because I'm worth £5 million. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going to replace me. And I think that's what he, the trouble he had at Bolton. There were some big players in there on big money. And, you know, the way he tried to approach it didn't work. It was like the cameo, wasn't it? Like, we had to put up with Because, mm. like, man, yeah, it's on two grand. Yeah, yeah. Cannon got it when he went to Sunderland. Sunderland boys were like, ah, who are you talking to? Yeah. I'll just sit in the plane yeah, and I'll yeah. fuck it off and oh, you'll be out here before I am. Yeah, and exactly. That, that's, the, that's the attitude that boys have. Definitely. And then, so see, at that time, after all the ball and shit, was that a mouse that you needed? I can't believe the mouse came in. She calls Paul Heckenbottom the mouse. Was you know he, how good he was? Was he brilliant? Was a mouse? Was a coach Scotty Allen told us that, mate? Did he? Listen. Ah, you know, Austin, was that there? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. As a coach, yeah. Unbelievable. Like, the closest thing to Eddie Howe I've seen. Do you know oh. what? I'll tell you something. Bournemouth, remember, they called me when he was uh, at Hibs. And if Eddie would have gone around that sort of time, he was on the shortest of four people that they would have wanted to replace him. Wow. Well, that's how crazy So, Mark, talk us through that, like, similar edit analysis. Yeah, analysis, like, structuring the way you yeah. play. Um, training was fantastic. Everything was set up to how the, you wanted the team to play. Like, no stone was left unturned. He, he was unbelievable. And I didn't start a game under him. I've got no reason to say he was good. I didn't start a single game under Heckenbottom. He was so good. Why was that? 
So when he came in, I was suspended for the game. He played Inverness in the cup, and that was the game he watched before taking over. And I think we won the game and played quite well. So he kind of stuck with, say, nine out of that 11 consistently throughout the rest of the season. Um, and the thing, the reason I think it went wrong for Heckenbottom, I still speak to him now, like even though he's at Sheffield United now, and I spoke to him yesterday or the day before. I think he tried to change too much too quickly. I think within the dressing room, he got rid of quite a lot of characters within there. And, you know, we were kind of self-policed. And then he brought a lot of boys up from England who thought it would be a walk in the park. Because the mentality down there is, oh, Scottish football Sunday league. Yeah. And they came up here and it was like, wow, like it's not Sunday league. But once you have that mindset, it's so hard to flip yourself to being a, a good player again. And his fans are on them, giving them pressure, and they couldn't deal with it. I'd say you can be as good a coach as you want, but Scott, you need to get your recruitment spot. On, yeah, you? yeah. Exactly. Boys need to be able to play in this sort of. Yeah, league, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you brought a lot of. I say boys from down in England. I'm from England myself, but they come up and think it's going to be easy. And yeah. bought five or six, and it wasn't. And the money's real, mate. And there's no money in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? So you really need to be really? a few quid, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, Liv, you get paid cash, mate. So there you go. You're gonna, are you gonna, are you gonna apologise now that you've heard that? Yeah, he's class, honestly. As a guy, you want to know about personality-wise. Has he got a bit about him? Yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of swagger about Has him as well. Yeah, I think what he needed, like him and Robbie Stockdale came up together. I think they needed a, a Neil Lennon with them. They needed that kind of as like an assistant or a coach, that ruthless guy. Do you that, think Neil Lennon would be a good assistant? Yeah, but I don't think he would want to be an assistant because obviously he's been a manager. Yeah. But his, yeah, the way he is would be a fantastic assistant to a Paul Heckingbottom. And that sort of brought you to the end of your Hibs career. Was it mm. under Heckingbottom you left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sad to leave Hibs, man? Yeah, it was yeah. hard. Good, it was hard. Club, yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. Exactly. And I'd enjoyed my time there. But I felt it was over. Like the cycle of players was kind of changing. Like I spoke about the McGinns and the Cummins and these players. They were all gone then as well. So it was almost like I, I could see where things were going to go. And it's weird because obviously the following season after me leaving, like they, they had quite a poor season. But you could see it coming. You know, they, they were going to have big changes in the summer. It wasn't all going to work. And I'd been in the round with these boys. We'd won the Scottish Cup. You know, we'd been promoted to the to the Premier League, played in Europe twice. Like, these are all things that I just thought, you know, it's not going to, I'm not going to achieve anything more than that. And mm. I was playing once every six weeks and I, I couldn't do it. You know, even under, under Lennon for a spell, like, the same thing was happening. I was playing once every four or five, six weeks. And you get to that age where you, you can't do it and people start to doubt you. I always thought, I'm not just saying this because you're, mm. you're here, but I always thought Hibs needed a sort of, at that time, Hibs were very much good he going did. forward, but they yeah. always got on the counter-attack. I always thought you always they needed that. a Marvin Bartley But he wanted type. to, I think Heckenbottom wants to go to a total possession team. He wants to control things. He wants to be like Celtic, see what Celtic are doing yeah. and just go and do that. But no disrespect to Hibs, they wouldn't, they can't afford the players to be able to go and do Fair that. Right. And that's what, what obviously ended up happening then. But for me, it was, yeah, it was done. But I was, I was, I was sad to leave, but I was also happy what I achieved at the club. Unbelievable. What a special time you had at that club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brilliant, Simon. And then, what made you end up at Levy? Was it the fact that you had a bus? You like getting on buses, didn't you? The- <laughs> Did you know about this? It was only, what was it because Gary Hope used to wear a short sleeve shirt? Yeah, 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 the bus, bus driver. Yeah, That's all the boys are saying to me, man. The bus driver. <laughs> so I, I spoke to Davey. So, Martindale first? Yeah, yeah. So um, he's head of like all the recruitment and stuff. So... I spoke to Davey and, you know, I wanted to stay in Scotland. I didn't want to go back to, down to England. I wanted to stay up here. Um, I was started doing like my coaching courses and whatever else. So I wanted to stay up here doing that. I went and spoke to Davey and, you know, they offered me a three-year contract. Um, three years you got? Yeah, three years, pal. 32, I would have been. Maybe just had oh, a 33. mate. If I know, I am a three-year deal. So. <laughs> I <laughs> should have them, man. <laughs> So yeah, so I was like, right. No perfect. wonder he loves Davy <laughs> Three year deal at thirty two. They were going to allow him to start coaching and stuff as well. So everything was was right for me, and you know it was another challenge for me as well. It wasn't like I was going to like a 
a team that weren't going to do anything. We were fighting against relegation. That was that was the plan. So there's going to be a challenge there for me. And you know everything that David was saying fitted in with what I wanted to do. Not being disrespectful, but mm. that group of players should never be finishing top six of year for me. Hundred percent. So, so how, how does it work? It just just shows in football. It's just hard working. Yeah. Just an honest group of players that are so hard working with a manager who strips things back to the basics. Go and do this. Um, gives us an opportunity of winning, and no one wants to play against us. Let's be honest as well. Yeah. Asher Turf pitch is a is a huge bonus for us. We train on it every day, playing it every other week, so it's an advantage for us. No one wants to come there. Yeah. You know, I've been at Hibs coming to there and thinking, oh, this is not what we need. And we play on that because we come there with physical as anything and people just feel like, oh, get this game out of the way. That's yeah. all everyone thinks about playing in Livingston. Get it out of the way. It's not even that. It's not the fact that I was talking about disrespectful because mm. the players are good players, but it's the fact that you lose players every, every yeah, summer as but well. but the recruitment. Like, Davey does such a great job on recruitment. Yeah. You know, bringing in players, that, whether they're young boys like, like a Lyndon Dykes and selling them on or people at the other end of their career like I've came in. You know, it's it's the recruitment. But, what do you think Livingston have like, like the third lowest budget, second lowest budget in the league? I'll say second lowest. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take half of that. So <laughs> <laughs> I really genuinely thought when Dykes went, they would really struggle. So did I. Well, we didn't have a number nine. Like, you look at Scott Robinson's played at times this season. We've not had an out. Uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas is there now. But not Mate, Emmanuel Thomas used to be a joke, didn't so I've said it before. How, how good was Mate, he? Is he Bristol Road City? And yeah, yeah. That? He was frightened. Was Unplayable. He, does he yeah. struggle to move a bit now? No. He's, he's heavy. He's, he's a lot heavier than he, than he obviously was. So his games kind of change. It's still his feet and stuff. Yeah. You still see he's got it. But he used to be rapid. Yeah. Couldn't um, get near him. Yeah. Couldn't get near him. Who else has impressed you at Livingston since you've been there? John Guffrey. Yeah. He annoys the life out of me. Yeah, he was shit at Warsaw. They got him relegated, <laughs> man. Got him. So when he signed him, their fans are like, "Why are you signing him? He's terrible." Yeah. So I've liked all those tweets. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Gufford does my nut. He's a great guy, but brilliant centre half. So what do you mean he does your nothing? Is he always on you? No, no, no. We get on, we get on. We just have that kind of. Back but I'm saying on the pitches, yeah. Is he, is no, he, no, he doesn't say anything. He's a mouse, he man. No, is he's he? a mouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he does so well, mate. So good. Get goes on about his business on the football pitch so well. Really good player, really good guy. Like, yeah. and he, you know, he's a huge part of you know everything that Livingston do. He's the base of it. Robbie McCorry as well, goalkeeper. Yeah, for Rangers. Class. Is he? <laughs> so you a future at Rangers, do you think? Yeah, the uh, best professional that's like a young boy still that I've met does everything right. Oh, what? A... Everything right. Honestly, like he'll get everything out of himself that he possibly can. It won't be if he doesn't play for Rangers in the number one. It would be because he's not good enough, not because he's not tried hard oh, enough yeah. or not lived the right life. Because that boy is the ultimate professional. Pittman. Doesn't talk. Race horse still, mate. Doesn't he talk? Yeah, not, he's not spoken to me once since I've been there. I don't, I, <laughs> don't say a word. I'm telling you, you. Is he the fattest guy in the team? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. at all, so I just, just worry about the guys. He doesn't doesn't stop running. <sighs> he's one of them. He, rather than saying, like, sigh or whatever, go and, go and mark that guy, he'll run past you to mark him. Oh, and he's like, Pits, I could have done that. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And he'll just run off again. <laughs> he's like a little kid, man. Just, just running off. Mm. He wouldn't say it to slay me, to be fair. You'd have been there. Yeah, Positioning yeah, is better, course, Exactly. I did the game very well. <laughs> what about um, Owen Martin? When you first met the man, did you think he was going to be... Um, he was going to be eventually be the manager of Livingston? He used to do a lot, to be fair. Yeah. Even when Gary Holt was there. So the most difficult thing for, for Dave, probably, from going from assistant manager to, to manager, we were dealing with the press. Um, a bit more pressure from the players, because when we have a problem, we're going to him. If I'm not playing, you're going to him. But in terms of like the coaching and stuff on the pitch and, and the recruitment, he's take, you know, most of that used to be him anyway, or a high percentage of that used to be him. So not a lot's really changed other than, you know, he's dealing directly now with the press and the players. So there's no one like Graham Matthew at Livingston that identifies players. That's David. Davey. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like literally covers everything. 
It's like a young Eddie Howe, isn't it, David? Maintenance man as well, man. Like, honestly, something like the amount of stuff, like, I've seen him with like a tool belt, amount of times with a tool belt, man. <laughs> Going to the gym and that, like, fixing stuff. He loves it. Does he? Honest, honestly, man. He loves no it. I, I swear to you. The gaffer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He, like, after he's done the coaching and that, he's not the gaffer anymore. Like, he'll go and do whatever. Like, that. crazy. Does that change your... I love that. That's how lovely. I love him, And man. are you coaching now as well, man? Yeah. So where do you so take reserves? Coaching with the reserves, yeah. How you so that? I'm doing... It's good. I enjoy it. You know, probably from the age of, like, 25, I've had, a, like, an idea of what I want to do after. Um, so I've been building up to kind of, you know, one day going into that. So, no, I love it. So did you get a save with the first team as well? No, not in terms of the, the team when it's picked, but I work with some of the younger boys, um, you know, on, on parts of their game. So do that probably twice a week. Um, so for me, that's good. Some one-on-one stuff or, you know, a couple of them with me. So no, that's really, really good. And I, and I love coaching. Who, who's, who's influenced you the most? Manager? Great question. Unbelievable. Uh, I would have to say Eddie's. Eddie, oh, yeah, yeah. All around. He's inf- but to be fair, I've learned from some of the shit ones as well. Some things not to do. Yeah, and It's yeah. not all about... I think I've learned more lessons from bad managers knowing that doesn't work. You should never do that. Never treat someone like that. And I think honesty will always be... The best policy of going into management. I think a wee tip I would give you is man management. Yeah. Deal with your players. Don't ever let them down. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and then the League Cup fight, we thought they were going to win it, didn't we? We thought you were destined I mean, it was almost yeah. the, way the nation wanted it, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but Heartbreaking, man. Honestly. That, that's why people say about the Scottish Cup this year, you can do that, but I've got no more tears, mate. No. So it's either we get fucking oh, you beat. Huh? You were I was gone, mate. I was gone. I was gone. So, why, why was that? Just I just, I think... I just knew that that was probably my last chance. Like, let's be honest, Livingston v St. Johnson Cup final will never happen again. No. Never will Livingston play a team, you know, that are beneath them in the Premier League, going into a final, being the favourites. It's, all of those things kind of aligned. We just couldn't get the result. And I think at the end, I just realised all those things. And I'm coming towards the end as well. I've got yeah. one more year left after this player. We so. were critical on the podcast. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm. We've, we obviously like Livingston this season, but... The fact that he's changed the way he's played to, against a team that was were lower than you, I thought, why not go and play the way you've, you've played? Yeah, there? I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Right? I think if we'd have won the game, nobody would have mentioned that. You'd be genius you, Yeah, you, you lose the game and obviously it would be things that, you know, the, the coaching staff would be thinking about. Just because you were so effective the way he's yeah. played for 14 games, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think they, they beat us, didn't they, just before. Right. I think maybe that might have played on it, but... You know. Again, who would be to say managers? Um, plus, oh, I'm just flying left winger. So. Exactly, mate. And then Man. top six, Paul. Top six, what an achievement to think. Because at one stage, I was missing the boy Nicholas Devlin, mm. um, that they were a big chance of getting relegated, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did look, I told him every week, you just keep the land. <laughs> and to get top six, what an achievement that is, mate. Yeah, unbelievable. Like like you said, at the start of the season, we were struggling. And all the pundits have us in the, in the bottom two every year. No, Tomo, bottom two, but... It's one of those things, you know, I think there's probably six or seven teams within this league that are all very, very similar in terms of ability. Mm. And it's just about getting it right. And luckily enough, we've been, I say lucky enough, we've worked hard to be at the top of that, you know, um, six or seven teams. And this is the second season of doing it. But for me, the League Cup just overshadows everything. See, the top six means nothing to me. Really? Nah, it means nothing to me. People say, oh, well, it doesn't mean anything. I don't, what do I want for being in the top six? You're not going to look back and say, if I was in the top yeah, six. Yeah, I top six there, twice, yeah. two years in a row when we shouldn't have done it. No, I don't care about that. The League Cup, like, mm. is what I cared about. So, if any of you two can get me a medal, perfect. That's very refreshing to hear that. That is good. Why not? Too many people only forget about the cups and, oh, let's get top four. You don't really look back at top four, Simon, so mean, you know what I mean? But my God, my favourite interview I've ever done. <laughs> 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 are you enjoying them on sports scene? Unbelievable. Could you. Because me and Sportsman haven't got a good relationship. Yeah. Certainly not. What happened? Just me and Johnny's Harlan had a past uh, in school together. I mean, don't want to get into it, but 
Could you get me on there for a show? Could I'll, you work a bit I'll of magic? Go. To be fair, talking the sports scene, so whenever I, like, I'm playing, a few players have said to me, you're shit at football now, like, go back to your punditry work. <laughs> I think, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like that for your stuff. Yeah, but then I'll do the punditry work and I get abused on Twitter saying, you're shit at punditry, <laughs> go back to football. So <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah, where the fuck, what am I meant to do, man? Welcome to Scotland. Like, like, what am uh, I meant to do? No, you're certainly good. I like you on this. <laughs> you're, 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 you know the game inside it. What would be your preference after playing media, coaching, nah, management? coaching, management. That's, that's what I'm focused on. Like, you know, I'm a student of the game, like, in football, like, going into my flats, it sounds a bit fucking weird, but everything's on coaching. Like everything, you go into my flat and be like, who the hell lives here? Like, what madman lives well, here? Well, mannequin's not in your flat. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> not got that far yet, but like coaching boards and like tactic boards and like books, like so many books on like different things, like say man management and you know, all these things. And I want to give myself the best opportunity of going into management and being successful. You know, when you go into it, you never know what's going to happen, but I'll give myself the best opportunity to do well. Hero. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 